I'm getting my scoop. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm a supporter of human beings. What? 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 Maybe you can play guitar by the firelight. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Coding karma. I'm sick of your fucking smoke. That guy's fucking right. None of this is good. I mean, come on. It's never going to be anything interesting. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? Don't tell me why. I love Sir Spencer. I mean, late. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. Stay stoned. We're stoned. We're stoned. We're stoned. We're, we're stoned. No, I'll roll it. I'll roll it. You get too much spit on it. I'm going to give you this joint, nigga. It's just me and my ganja. Not if you were stoned at the time. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you were stoned at the time. And feeling a little bit Christmassy, maybe. Maybe a little bit of a green Christmas, huh? Huh? Whatever color your Christmas was, I hope it was a good one. And uh, if it was a good one, if it wasn't a good one, if it was just okay, none of it matters now because you're here in the bowl on a beautiful December 26th, 2023. Last bowl of the year. But I'm still here, Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm back at it again. I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're uh, Bowler in the Bowl, which we appreciate very much. Thanks for joining us on this 290th episode. Ooh. 290 bowls. 10 away from the perfect game bowl. Still rolling hot. That's right. 300. God, what are we going to do? We got to do something. It is something weird and wacky. Mm, well, we've got 10 episodes to think about it and take input from the bowlers. This is true. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Uh, open up any and all suggestions, by the way. Uh, show at bowlafterbowl.com so you can email both of us at the same time. Yeah, that's what you want to do. It's uh, It's been known to work. We did something a little wacky this holiday season. We had a giveaway. That's right. And we announced the winner of said giveaway last Wednesday, roundabouts 4.20 p.m. Yes. Central time. Yes, indeed. Yes, we announced the winner and uh, the bonus winner, in fact. Yeah. You pulled a uh, last-minute calendar out from under the tree. Yeah, some Christmas magic. So we had a video <laughs> announcement of that, and uh, the big winner was Rev Cyber Trucker. Mm-hmm. And then the bonus winner was uh, your boy Fletcher there. Fletcheroo. MVBs, Most Valuable Bowlers. There you go. It was like faded and to be. it's all on video. Me putting the names into the hat. Me That's shaking right. it up and drawing them. So. Spark one up. That's right. Unfuckwittable. That's right. So congrats, you guys. Little proof of work on video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have the video in the show notes for sure. Okay. The moment you grab the second calendar, there's like a little basic instinct moment 
In fact, it's a lot like Basic Instinct because you can kind of like, it's like a pausable moment. It's apparent you're not wearing any underpants, but it's also not super apparent like <laughs> the state of the mix up there. It's like, it's just like Basic Instinct where you're like, wow, I'm definitely looking at it, but I'm not really, it's not really sure, clearly defined, you know? Mm. There in the shadows somewhere is a vagina, but I'm just not really, you know, the devil's in the details, not on the film. Well, I put clothes on to film that, so I'm glad at least <laughs> someone watched it. <laughs> How much clothes? Not much, was, but you know. Uh, yeah, anal- analyzing it frame by frame. Because <laughs> uh, that's what I do. What can I say? Got to figure it out. Shiny red dress and my Santa boots. Yeah, it was a good outfit. A little good Christmas outfit. Oh, yeah. And the hat. Gotta love it. Uh, so yeah, congrats to our two winners. By the way, uh, tomorrow I'm going to work on this. I'm just going to put together like a digital version of the calendar that we can send to all of the entrants. Nice. So I'll just scan the calendar on my scanner and I'll try to figure out. The only weirdness is like it's a 12 by 12, right? So it's a non-standard, but I'm pretty sure you can just make a PDF of that anyway. And PDF pages can be any size, right? You don't have to follow rules. <laughs> rules pdf i mean since there are a bunch of different paper sizes i'd imagine there's a bunch of different pdf page sizes too like i've never done it but i just assume you can probably do it so that's what i think i will do because uh we appreciate everybody who entered so i want to give you guys something yeah definitely and then that way it's uh preserved yeah yeah and oystenberge can see my boobs (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go there you You get a simple request yeah we'll make it happen that's right. Fergus uh, 33 was asking about it earlier on NAS, so I was like, here's the video, and I'm going to make a digital version. So Sweet. Just hang in there. We'll yep. do it. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. The post service guys are on it, because Fletcher already got his calendar. Whoa. Today. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Now, the Rev has asked us to hang on to his. Yeah. And he'll come see us eventually. We'll give it to him in person. But I've heard that, I've heard that threat before. <laughs> So, Rev, don't wait for 2024 to run all the way out. Yeah, seriously, Rev. You got 12 pages. You can have a full 2024 with your calendar. (laughs) I haven't seen the Rev since the Hairball concert. I know it. Last February. He's just running all over the place, man. Yeah. He's a busy guy with a tight schedule to keep. Don't we know it. So, you know. Next time time you roll through town, give us a little honk-honk. Yeah. And I'm not talking about a... I'm not talking about that kind of honk-honk. Be more like this one. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that, and we will deliver your calendar to your hands directly. If I wait, I don't get the whole year of boobies. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You understand. That's not what you want to do. Not what you want to do. Uh, what you do want to do is listen to the last Homegrown Hits, because that was a fantastic little Christmas oh. episode. That was a great Christmas special. Featuring Lavish doing a live cover of Chris It's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. That was that went just so swimmingly well. A live guest. Yes. Beautiful performance by Lavash. <clears throat> and he joined us for the whole show too. That was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And before I had found out we were gonna get that sweet Christmas miracle surprise, I knew that there was already a live performance scheduled for that night. That's right. And the mini-ocalypse. Miss Ainsley Costello. Yes. And Mr. Boobery Mothman over there behind the schemes had helped me prepare 
to hop in on that live during Homegrown Hits. And, well, she had a live Wednesday, which I restreamed mm-hmm. uh, using Homegrown Hits RSS feed. So that was fun. But then Thursday, hopping in was as easy as adding a chapter block on the split kit and then just watching it on Podverse, pulling it up on Podverse. And so we had two lives in one show from Demi Artists. If you're going to pop the cherry, might as well pop it twice, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Definitely. That's what Definitely. I say. One in the hitter and one we transported the hitter to the performance. Yeah, that was uh, just kind of a nice little flex at what is possible. Oh, my. It's limitless. And uh, by the way, what is possible has been possible. You know, yes. it's not like we've got to wait for some fucking company or app or everybody talks about chickens and eggs and all this kind of shit. Like, we are the chickens. Let's go squat some eggs out, you know? And that's what I appreciate so much about blueberries getting out there, getting it done, getting it knocked out. Oh, yeah. And just being part of the team that's just uh, breaking the barriers and, and showing, hey, look, we can do this. That's the whole point, right? From the beginning, that's the whole point. We can do this independently, which means we don't have to wait for anybody else. We don't have to ask anybody else if it's cool. We don't have, we, we just do it. We can just do it. It's fucking killer. I think 2024 is going to be insane. It's going to be lit. For the whole value for, sure. for value uh, lifestyle, as it were. And w- I think my, probably my favorite part of the value for value lifestyle, like the, the, the part that's just most pleasing to me personally, uh, outside of the direct value is that nobody has to get it. Nobody has to understand it out there. You know, you don't have to convince anybody else. It's okay. It's okay. If you tell people like what's up and they go, huh? How does that monetize? How how does that scale? What about if people don't, uh, no, it's okay. You don't have to get it. You don't have to care. You don't have, you know, there's people who do and the people who do know what's up. And once you get it, you never unget it. You know, that's right. It's not like, oh yeah, value for value clicked for me, but then, uh, I fell off. No, you like get it. And then you're in, you get it. You understand. Boom. Bam. I couldn't be more bullish, uh, for 2024 on the stuff. Cause it's just. It's crazy awesome. It's crazy awesome. And I don't have to convince a single other person in that world because uh, it's already been scaling. It's been scaling. It's this nice, organic, manageable growth. It's not cancerous growth. It's not exploitation growth. It's not fucking uh, clickbait retard growth. Yeah. It's it's real value uh, from real people. And that's like, what could be better? What could be more healthy in this fucked up world? That we are uh, trudging through. We're creating it day by day. That's right. Just day doing the damn thing. Brick by brick, bowl by bowl, scheme by scheme. Um, snip by snip. And it's only it's only fitting that it was Booberry and Lavish kind of like from their r- respective places uh, breaking barriers on your show. And I think um, they both, from me, get a, a fine V for V salute. Gentlemen, you guys are true legendary heroes. And it is an honor to uh, work with you. Definitely. In this killer, crazy little world that we've got going. They bring the value. No doubt. And it was a great Christmas special. The DMU Christmas tunes were off the charts this year. 
I mean, it's Christmas time again by Hey Citizen sat at number one in the charts for a long, long time, all the way up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we were able to play all of these Christmas tracks. Brian Duncan, Jimmy Bratcher, Hey Citizen, One Christmas from Abel and the Wolf, and a myriad of others at our Christmas get-together at your pop's house. And what I noticed was by the second chorus of It's Christmas Time Again, everyone was singing along. It's so sing-alongable. And it also fit right in with the classic tunes, because we just popped it in. Yeah, it's not even like a, oh, what the fuck is this one, you know? Yeah. The people hear that for the first time, and they feel like, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. Yes. And even later in the night, your dad's going, it's Christmas time again. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. played it again. Maybe let some of the lyrics sink in a little bit more. Played a little bit of Dominique the Donkey, too. Yeah, thank you for that. That is one of my favorite Christmas Couldn't let Christmas songs. pass without a uh, little e on e on Yeah, you know it gets no radio play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Demu really came through for Christmas this year. Oh, that was really special to me, and I'm really grateful to have homegrown hits with Mary Kate Ultra and Daisy B. Cooper to, you know, put a spotlight on these things and help people discover this not gross, not corporate robot music. You know, music made by the people for the people. And you can share your love and your appreciation straight to the artist. Like, even if you didn't catch it live, you can go back and listen to that episode and you can boost Lavish's live performance and he's going to get 95% of that split forever and always. And you can boost Ainsley's live performance and her whole crew that was there that night gets 95% of that when you boost it from Homegrown Hits, episode I, 15. I think this is a killer part and it's just, it's insane to me that it's taken this long to really manifest uh, as a solution. But... You know, I ran a music venue for a short period of time in my incredibly early 20s, uh, was a manager of it. And it's it's not easy at all. Um, the margins are ultra paper thin, and you're usually just giving bands like a few hundred bucks to divide amongst themselves uh, for all this work. And then they've got to put that in the gas tank, and it's not quite enough to fill gas to get to the next one. You know, like uh, being a touring musician for the most part has been such a losing proposition in my lifetime and in my direct experience. So this whole notion that you can bring in the internet, (laughs) right? So you can, so you can not only reach people who aren't going to leave their house, you can not only reach people who are just maybe, uh, for whatever reason, you know, it doesn't have to be internet weirdos that are socially awkward. There are people like that, but also just people who can't be bothered. There are also people who are like, man, you know, I'm not really motivated to go downtown in my city. Maybe in your city it's fine, but in my city it's not so great. So I just come to stay in. It's safer that way. Yeah. Maybe it's just more convenient that way. I don't know. There's a bunch of different reasons, but the beautiful part is it doesn't matter what your reason is. Now you can sit at home and watch the concert and still directly participate. The venue owners have a bigger audience. It's not just whoever they can motivate to come to the show. But then it also frees, oh, it blasts open the window of time to eternity. Now, instead of this tight little six hour window, if you're lucky, to make money on your show, you know, I've only got six hours. And so I've got to make sure I got ticket sales going. I've got to make sure that uh, I have a bunch of merch to hawk or else Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make my nut. I've got to make sure that drink sales are crazy. 
I've got to make sure to promo so that people show up and bring other people. Uh, all of that's still a, a factor, but the whole little six hour window, like once the sun sets, um, you know, this show is over and done with, and it basically never happened almost. No, now it lives on forever Yeah, on an RSS feed. And so people could come take a look at your RSS feed as, as a venue and scroll through all the shows that you had in the past year and say, oh, this one was awesome. Oh, I can't believe I missed this artist when they came through. Well, you didn't because you can watch the whole thing and boost it. That's right. Forever. I mean, how kick-ass is that? That totally, completely changes the game when it comes to running a music venue. Yeah, that's for sure. And you can build out hype. You can uh, get, you know, this magical discoverability, my discoverability. Well, you know, you could see the last show an artist played there if you're contemplating going to it. And you can boost it. It's, yeah. it's, it's so crazy. Like, this is just an obvious solution for so many problems that the uh, local music scene has had for quite some time. It just solves so much. It solves so much, and it's already here for us. You don't need a killer app. You don't need really anything other than to just say, hey, I'm going to go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to host the music. I'm going to host the show. You know, I'm going to get uh, somebody to produce the live. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's fall off the bus easy, but I'm saying that there's an entire new layer to an industry that is now accessible to anybody. Anybody, mm -hmm. not just uh, iHeartRadio executives or whatever the fuck has been going on. No, now it's anybody can do this shit and you don't have to wait for somebody else. You don't have to ask somebody else, get permission. You have to do nothing else. You just have to say, hey, let's try to figure that out. Can we call Booberry and see how he did that? Let me figure that out. Biggity bam. I'm so juiced about it. Sorry, I didn't really mean to wax on about it, but it's just. It's, it's exciting. It's it's got me super lit. It's a huge step in the evolution. Yes. And just proving what's possible right now already and has been. Yeah. How does this seven foot teenager, uh, <laughs> live stream a show to the internet? I, I don't know. I don't know. Bo boomers around the nation are bamboozled by this one simple trick. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite parts from the Wednesday Live, as we were watching on the back porch, was when Boobery was reading the boost off, though. Oh, yeah, it's crucial, man. Yeah. It's crucial. If you don't have some kind of, uh, even at the minimum, just like a scrolly screen that's like throwing people's boosts up, man, like, gotta be having it. Mm -hmm. Gotta be showing it. Gotta be uh, allowing that value to interact with the material, you know? And uh, that is Boob's specialty. That is Boob's specialty. You really know that universe is smiling down upon us just by the fact that that went down in Minneapolis and that uh, Blueberry could be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. It's like we're on the right track. There's our peoples. Mm -hmm. And uh, the spirit of true value for value is honored. That's what's great. Yep. There will be much more. It's absolutely beaming. I know that... Uh, Boobs himself was over the moon about it, as he should be. Take a bow. I don't care what color of vans you wear. You deserve it, buddy. <laughs> Do a kickflip. Woo! <laughs> uh, Do a backflip. Well, I can't do a backflip, but maybe a forward flip. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas was lit. Yeah. Christmas is a great time. It's good fun. 
Uh, Christmas Eve, we had some Jackbox action. Uh, after coming home from the Chinese buffet. Oh, yeah, yeah. We sort of had a, I keep saying the word vicarious, but that's not really quite the right usage of it. The vicarious dinner with the MKs. Really, they just did the same thing that we did, but in two different places. So it's not like we were vicariously doing anything, because we also did it. It was just like uh, we each did the uh, Chinese Christmas Eve dinner. We fa-ra-ra'd together. That's right. That's what I'm trying to say. You have such a way with words. Oh, I know. Uh, Marie Kid Ultra put me on the spot in Homegrown Hits asking what our traditions were. And, you know, my brain just goes blank because <laughs> I'm so, I was so frazzled. I hadn't wrapped presents. I had, like, you know what I mean? My I was tradition making, is to forget all of my traditions. Yeah, exactly. And so then Christmas Eve, we're going through the motions and I'm like, oh, in this, in this, like reading was the night before Christmas. Yep. That's the obvious one that we do every single year. Yep. And then uh, for me, since we've moved into this house, every Christmas Eve, I'm making lasagna as my uh, present for our best neighbor, who's an elderly gentleman who loves my lasagna. <laughs> That's all he wants for Christmas. So. It's a nice uh, it's a nice budget lasagna. <laughs> yeah. And this year I made four lasagnas. So I didn't get to Jackbox. I did not realize what I was getting into <laughs> when I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to, since I'm making one for him, I want one for me at least. And then, you know, I can give out two other ones. Let's make four at See, the same time. I also broke a tradition by saying, like, I think it was like right when the clock struck midnight here. And I was like, okay, I got to go. You know, like <laughs> I got to help. I got to do some stuff. Yeah. Cause you- I'm, I'm usually like one of the last man standing types. You mean as like a procrastinator? No, just in the Jackbox room, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I hang out until uh, Make Heroism and Mary-Kate Ultra kick me out. Yeah. With all of the, you know, <laughs> late straggler goons. They're like, okay, we have to, like, do things tomorrow, so get the fuck out. That's me every time, except for this last time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this last time, I was like, you know, I need to be helping upstairs a little yeah. more. Well, I did need your help. We were up till what, three? But I needed it. Three or so. I need the jackbox in my life, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I vicariously jackboxed through you. Now, that's a proper use of it. Yes. I could feel the energy from all your giggles from the bowl in the (laughs) kitchen. (laughs) Because they carry. Oh, yeah. Slapping the bell at random times. That's right. And then, oh, boy, the house still is, it looks like Christmas. Because the kids open their presents. And we had boxes and boxes of presents mailed in. From my grandparents and my great grandma in Massachusetts, um, and so that all those presents got put out, and the kids were like, "Oh my gosh, you know, it's super exciting!" Christmas mm-hmm. morning, seeing all that stuff come out of nowhere, and um, then the Chiefs were playing, and so your dad built his Christmas plans around the Chiefs game, where he had a buddy come up to spend Christmas with us and your sister and her wife. And then we were supposed to be there. And it's like, hey, you know, game kicks off at noon and we'll be eating snacks and then have dinner, whatever. But, you know, our kids, they didn't get up till like 10 a.m. I know. They were so, like, they tried to stay up the night before. They really wanted to meet Santa. And they were like, are we going to hear the clatter? If we stay up, we'll hear the clatter and blah, blah, blah. And they were looking out the window and it was raining. So the, I, they couldn't see him up in the sky. And they kept coming down as I'm making lasagna. I was like, you guys, you got to sleep. 
he sees you when you're sleeping and knows when you're awake. Yeah, um, you, you know this. This is canon by now. Yeah. So anyway, but they they probably stayed up till eleven mm, thirty to midnight. I would say is when they finally fell asleep mm-hmm. for sure. Um. And so then they slept late <laughs> the next morning. And when I saw that the game had a noon start time, I'm like, we're not going to make it on time for the kickoff. You know what? Because uh, Best game ever to miss a bunch of anyway. Oh, yeah. What a disaster. Yeah. That was what I heard on the radio driving up there was painful. And what we saw hurt. Yeah. Poor queefs. Kansas City clowns for a second. Mm, they got booed in their own home stadium. Uh, uh, well, you know what? That's what you get for playing on Christmas, man. Go home and open some presents. Yeah. Once you play on the 20th, they could have played today, you know? Yeah. So you got to make the boys play on Christmas. Yeah, they wanted to just be with their families like everyone else. That's what you get. Oh, well. Anyway, great time up at your pop's house, though. I loved when he asked the girls, did Santa come? And they were like, yeah, but we didn't hear a clatter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They were so focused on the clatter. Uh, Yeah. You know, I think they're waiting for Santa to fall off the roof so you can become him. Oh, my God. As if I don't have enough to do already. <laughs> yeah, that's too much on the to-do list. Making the list and checking them twice. Mm, how about we just get through this to-do list? <laughs> I can't, can't afford the belly yet, man. Mm. I'm fighting that belly. Um, Let's see. What else? What else? Oh, yeah. Christmas at Pops. That was cool. Yeah. Um. New Year's resolutions. You put any thought into that? Yeah. Right actually. around the corner. You got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I want to contribute to Demu more. Mm. Uh, I almost don't want to put it out into the ether because okay. I don't want to let everyone down. Is it know? like a wish, birthday wish? Like if you tell that it won't come I true? I don't know. I just don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to overpromise and under deliver, you know? I get you. I get you. But I have a goal. I have some goals for myself. And I don't know. Well, let's make them happen. Let's okay. make them happen. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to actually keep a calendar for 2024 <laughs> all year. I think that's going to happen for you. 2024 calendar. I do have January 2024 right here on the wall. So we're starting. It's a beautiful calendar. My my one um, you know, uncertainty with this, though, is I kind of want a planner... To be able to write some more detail in, in, in any given day. Yes. But like this at least will be a calendar I know that I'll look at often and, you know, write on and cha- update, you know, I'll actually flip the days. My write on wipe off dry erase calendars over here on the other wall are of November and that has to be November 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, yeah and where, I see. A, and where's your I see an October, planner? November side by side, and there's uh, Bull After Bull 200 is circled on one of them. <laughs> Bull After Bull episode 200. So I haven't updated my dry erase calendars in 90 episodes of this show. Oof! But you had a pocket planner going for a month or so. I did, and you planned for more than a month in your planner. You just don't know where it is. It's, yeah, it's probably around here. Actually, I could probably reach it from this chair right here. I just don't know. A New Year's resolution I will share, because it only affects us, is I want to make our home more efficient. Mm. And I did it in the kitchen. Yeah, I'm really proud of my kitchen right now. 
I can make anything and do anything. And it's not like, oh, where is this? Where did this go? Well, well, I wanted to do this, but now I got three steps to get there because I don't know where the, the you know, half a cup measuring cup is. No, no longer. You know everything where all that has, is now. Yeah, but once you learn, it's going to stay <laughs> I'm there. I'm going to ask for everything every time now. Because uh, it's been in the same spot for seven years and now it's somewhere else. It, but it hasn't been in the same spot. You're right. Yes. Things have moved and around. I had a junk drawer that got so junked up, the drawer fucking fell apart, you guys. <laughs> the like, bottom, the fell, bottom out of fell out of the drawer. And I got so angry, I ripped it out and just, I'm like, it's firewood now. And now it gets, it was in a blind under cupboard thing, which is stupid anyways. You got to send a kid crawling back there to get anything out of it. Pitch black next to the sink. But anyways, took that out. And I'm going to put a little curtain on it. I took the door off, too, because that door was fucked. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's working so much better now. You could, I, I'm using it as my backup sauce location and some cleaning supplies. And it's so simple, simple and efficient. And I'm so happy in my kitchen now, which is good because, you know, I live in my kitchen. You're right. I had, the whole time you were jackboxing, I was making fucking lasagna. So... I live in the kitchen for the most part. I go from the kitchen to the dining room table to help with homeschooling. There you go. And then back to the kitchen. <laughs> like a good woman. Yes. So I need to be happy in there. And I am now. If you're it's into like, baking, it's kind of passion. I'm really happy in my kitchen. I just want to feel that happiness in every single other room in my house also, which mainly, I guess, is the bowl. Like, this is my next priority for yes. efficiency. Yeah. And- I- I think down here has to be somehow we have to meld this thing into the potential we saw from Minneapolis. You know what I mean? Like I want to be able yeah. to do yes music. I want to be able to do visual stuff. I want to be able to just hang out and fart around at any point, And it just looks interesting in here. Like it doesn't need to be all tidy and squared away. It just needs to look interesting. Like right now it just looks like a nightmare. A mess. And it's not really fun. You know, it just needs to be fun. Yeah. I've got all these instruments. It's been fun. I've got all these cameras. I've got all these lights. And we need a pull-out couch. And a pull-out couch, yes. That was my, that's on my New Year wish list. We can do that. Mm-hmm. A pull-out couch, but not for pulling out on. Ayo. <laughs> if I had my roadcaster, I'd give you a... <laughs> nice. Little air horn. Uh, Cool. What about best what? gifts? Best gifts well, yeah what was what was your best oh gift i can tell you mine i can tell you mine so i can stall a little bit think okay. about it i i think i know mine Mine was definitely the big fish fryer oh i'm glad you really it. liked that yeah i loved it i loved it close second though wolf cribbage board was really clutch oh those are both things i got for you and uh i loved both of those things a lot <laughs> i think my best gift was the purple behind the schemes shirt that you got me Ooh. with the the classic lady with the glasses? Yeah, gal. And the mushroom cloud in her sunglasses. Yes, mm-hmm. classic gal. And all the magic talk on the back. Yes, you my occult experience. Back. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's purple. So new favorite shirt. And my second favorite gift would be the steam mop that you got me. <laughs> I remember 10 years ago, I really wanted a Swiffer. 
and your sister got me the Swiffer. And I don't know why. Like, because I told everyone, I just really want a Swiffer. And when I opened that Swiffer and someone had gotten me the present that I asked for, I cried. Like, I broke down. I ugly cried over a Swiffer. That's still going to be my favorite. You getting a gift moment. Dude, I know. It's so embarrassing. But this year with that steam mop, if we didn't have to be in such a feeling like rushing to get to Pop's house, I would have cried over the steam mop too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so my the bullets like to put stickers on everything. Yeah. Floor included. And I get down there with a spat like a metal spatula and scrape and scrape and scrape. And a friend of mine said, Why don't you just get a steam mop? It'll just steam right off of there. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. (laughs) I'm living in the fucking 1700s over here you guys we don't even have running water now <laughs> yeah my parents i remember that year well my parents were like what does she want what should we get her and i was like okay no shit just get her a swiffer or just a swiffer mop and that's it just get her that what just do it that's what she wants <laughs> yeah, just, just, just what get I wanted. it that's what she wants okay just trust me that's what she wants and you did. You ugly cried so fucking like it's like at the end of every Christmas classic when like the adult gets the toy they always wanted when they were a kid. <laughs> you were just like, Bruh. I know, I know. Oh my god, we didn't even have so children yet. Fucking funny. We yeah, just had I'll, the dogs. I'll never forget that. Me neither. I've mm. never been that of like happy cry. That was my first happy cry. I think. Well, uh, I would say that continuing on. Uh, post Christmas season and into the new year, what makes me really happy cry is all the value that just continues to roll in. Oh yeah, week after week, bowl after bowl, uh, and we just try to keep the value consistent. We try to keep the show consistent. We try to be here for you like clockwork, and just put it out there every week. And uh, this is this is what we talk about every single show: the value for value model, where we where we put together something we believe is of value at least to some people, and not to everybody, right? That's another beauty of the value for value system. That's why not everybody has to get it, right? Mm-hmm. You might enjoy other value for value products and not quite this one. Yeah. And that's all right. That's all right. There's not value in this for everyone, and we understand that. We respect that. Um, this show is for the bowlers, and if you're a bowler, you'll find yourself back here time and again hearing me say the same thing over and over saying that, you know, we try to make the show valuable to you. And if you find that it is, all we ask is you put some value back in there in return, right? Uh, It's it's simple and it's clean. Uh, It's simple and it's clean and it really just comes back to the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. And we found that the bowlers have incredible manners. Uh, I did check the PayPal before the show and uh, it was at a zero for the week. Because the last thing in there was the Sir Oma, but I do always want to check one more time. Yeah, because never people, know someone's going to slip it in. People get late sneaks in all the time, but yes, t- this is not one of those times. Uh, and most of it is because there's a lot of energy and a lot of hype in this podcasting 2.0. You've been hearing bowling pins being knocked down the entire time. Every time that sound happens, it's called a boostogram, hitting the node in real time. Raspy Blitz is back, good working order, 100% health, and uh, receiving your boosts. We have not yet revived uh, the boost after boost in the chat, um, just because I've been away for 
most <laughs> of the past week. Well, and I think BoostBot might be on a sabbatical now. BoostBot is being, uh, yeah, that, that note is now being fixed, and I don't really know any details about it, other than uh, I saw a forced closure of my channel of my channel to that node. So C-Dubs must be hard at work doing a little maintenance of his own on that node. It's just kind of that time of year, you know? You clean out your garage in the spring, you clean out your node in the winter. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Just that time. Just that time. So we'll have all of that uh, back up and rocking full steam by the next bowl. You can take that to the bank. But we scroll back in Helipad and thank everybody who sent a boost in since the last week has gone by. And we start with 420 sats from Harv Hat out of Curiocaster. He's Ooh. always hitting us on that uh, outro. Yeah. And that was 1420 sats. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1420. 420 with the one really obviously there up in, up in the front. But also, we usually start with a song. Uh, there is a song that we can play in celebration of uh, receiving boostograms, and it goes something like this. I'm gonna do some sads. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, you can feel how awesome it is. Hey, Citizen is fucking awesome. Yeah, get hype with that jingle. Super hype. Get boosting. Uh, another boost came in. Anonymous podcast guru user, that is the name. Uh, Nine sixty nine sets, that is the game. All right. And uh, the message, Wahoo! Is this using the network? I guess some of that shit stain finally sunk in. Hey oh, you did it. There we go. You boosted. Good work. Thank you. Now you'll have to set your name, user, so we can properly credit you for the show. But it worked. Yes. The sats did come through. Someone argue it's the most important part. Eh, I think there's a lot of importance in all of the parts, and it's hard for me to rank. It's hard for me to rank them, really, because I see value in so many facets, you know? Like, I don't really like to downplay the sets, and I don't really like to downplay the notes and names and all the other stuff, you know? Hell, I even enjoy looking at where the boost came from. Mm-hmm, same. Because it's part of our, like, value barometer. What, what are people using out there? Specifically, what are the people using to boost us? Uh, thirty-three, thirty-three sats from Chad F. Thank you, Chad F. Out of Podverse, that's what he's using to boost us. He said, "Boosting for Bobby Shell." Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Chad F. He did give me that Bobby Shell clip. Nice. Um. Oh, poor bastard. Still thinks he's making ninety-nine percent. <laughs> he's uh, he'll figure it out one day. Maybe when he goes to withdrawal. Where have all my Satoshis gone? That'll be the moment. Uh, I did see a boost from uh, you for Stay a While One Christmas. Oh, that's right. I really enjoy that song. I appreciate that. Uh, keeping the Christmas magic alive from one of my favorite uh, Christmas songs. And not just because of my tangential involvement, because that actually, secret, secret, it's actually the one song on the entire album that I pretty much had nothing to do with. Uh, wow. Abel Kirby just told me he was going to make a Christmas song. There are no drums in it. I did notice that listening through. And I kind of like, I was like, yeah, yeah, Christmas song. It's a great energy. I love Christmas. I want, you know, and I, I came up with something like I wrote something and I could just tell right away it was like not even close to what he was going for. Yeah. And he was just like, I, I'll, I'll, I've got something I'm working on. 
<laughs> and the, what he came up with was just so fantastic. One Christmas, um, there's just so much there. And it took me a while even listening to it a number of times to fully appreciate the depth and breadth of the song itself. Um, easily one of the heaviest hitting Christmas songs, man. Yeah, finally. A historical Christmas song commemorating Washington crossing the Delaware. And uh, I did pretty much nothing, and I still get 45% of the split. So thank you, Abel Kirby, for that. Yeah, thank you, Abel Kirby. And thank you for making Stay a While happen. I was, uh, was along for the ride, for sure. And you did some drumming. I was uh, drumming. I was uh, a whole podcast called Abelcraft. Abelcrafton. Keeping it on the rails, keeping my meetings met. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we had a... Hell of a time. Hell of a time. I'd love to do something similar in the future with some music, some Demu. 2024 is going to be a hot year for Demu, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, speaking of hot Demu, I did see a lot of boosts coming in for the old uh, homegrown hits. There's a couple of boosts in here from Harvat for One Christmas specifically. Oh, yeah. Seen a couple of one, two, three, four boosts for One Christmas. This is coming in from the split kit, so I think it was during your show when you played it. And I'm seeing them, so it's working. Sweet. It's working. It's working. That's so exciting. Uh, I need to just scroll here gently. Here we go. There's another bowl after bowl one. This one is coming in from Podcast Guru from Bear Snare. Oh, thanks, Bear Snare. Bear Snare hitting us with the one, 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 one. Uh, four Richards and a satchel. And uh, Bear Snare was boosting our Sir TJ the Raffle Bulls with Buds. So oh, you can go, wonderful. You can go back in time and dig through the archives. All the wonderful people that we've had as guests uh, on Bulls with Buds. And that's what he did. That was way back in 266. It feels like ages ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Earlier this year. Uh, Bearsner says, Miles' song made me LOL despite having a rough day. You guys are inspiring, and thanks for your work. Well, thank you, Bearsner. Great to have you in the bowl. Yeah, definitely. Somebody else was boosting the same episode. Our friend Kyron. Oh, Kyron. Of the Mere Mortals podcast. Thank you, Kyron. He was, uh, it looks like, also boosting through Podcast Guru and also sent 11.11. Very nice. So it's like that random number theory in effect again. Uh, Kyron says, great research for my chat with TJ. Thanks, Spence and Lorian. Anytime, anytime you need some research, let me know. <laughs> Full research. The best kind of research out there. Especially if I've already <laughs> done the work and I can just point you to an episode we did in the past. Definitely. I Cheers, love that. Kyron. Uh, and I know, yeah, TJ was just on Mere Mortals. Yes. Something you got to check out. That's right. Because uh, it's keeping the conversation going and keeping that next evolution, elevation, rolling down for you, the value for value producer. That's what it's all about. It's all about keeping this cycle going, breaking free of these uh, traditional consumption slavery pipelines. And doing something instead that you can actually be a part of and contribute to and, and put your mark on. You know, this is this show only is what it is because of the people that put into it. That's true. And that's like part of the phenomenon that we're trying to explain, but also just kind of in awe of too. Let's see a stay a while for DeLorean who said today is the day. Remember this one Christmas. Yeah, get hype. And it was yesterday, yesterday on Christmas Day. <laughs> so very cool. Uh, I also appreciate you marking that occasion because neither myself nor Abel Kirby are the type to be like, and two, y- night, two years ago this night, we released uh, Stay a While, you know, like. Yeah, 
we're just not we're so wrapped up in what's going on now that we easily forget like what we've done. So I appreciate you commemorating that because uh, well, yeah, because you guys are also legendary duh. in this community, and you deserve the commemoration. I like to and, think I uh, do what do what I can, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Stay a While turned two years old because it was released on Christmas Eve 2021. And now I feel like DMU is really flowing. It's it really is. out there. I have a whole podcast about it now. Yes. And that's all thanks to you guys leading the way. I mean, you put your album out there and you guys made the album with the intention of having an RSS album to free artists. That's right. Yeah, we, I guess... You know, there's a lot of discussions of what's the first or who's the first. And our first specifically was we were the first to sit down and do the entire creation of an album process from idea to art to lyrics to songwriting, like all of the par all of the parts of a process, what it takes to make an album for DMU specifically. Including splits with the artists who made um, album art for you. That's right. You know, not just for musicians, but showing, hey, if they draw a picture and it's used on the album, they get a split also. It's all worked in there. And crediting people who didn't want a split. Yeah. Artists who wanted just an upfront payment. And if you think of uh, that Christmas Eve in 2021 as like Demu being a little baby in a manger, then you can think of it like this year as a two-year-old toddler starting to walk and talk and like... Yeah, I'm pushing the boundaries. Yeah, pushing the boundaries, getting noticed, and uh, uh, trying to get more steady on its feet. It's really cool. It's really awesome because I spent a long time in its infancy, in its infancy just wondering, like, okay, like, we did that thing. Is, is there going to be more? Like, and yeah, God, there was so much more. Yeah, and next year there will be even more. But one Christmas, and hey, citizens, it's Christmas time again, will be at the top of everyone's Holiday playlist. Well, that's sweet of you to say. It's just the way it is. Uh, the way this next boost is, by the way, you boosted from Fountain. Thank you, Fountain. Uh, this next booster is from Fountain 2, 3333, from Comic Strip Blogger. Oh, CSB boost. You heard of him? I He's have. He's a real, actual human person. Yeah, yes. Who is boosting us from Fountain. And uh, he boosted the last episode, 289, Give a Party. He said, Happy New Year 2024. Yo. CSB. Yo, CSB. Happy New Year to you, too. Well, thank you, CSB. We appreciate you. Uh, he came in with 5,000 sats just a few hours later from Fountain as well, because I believe that there was some kind of a uh, confusion as to where the splits were going. So the first time he boosted, like 99% well, went to Bobby Shell or something. No. 99% <laughs> went to Hey Citizen, and it actually did go to Hey Citizen, because that's how I wrote the split. That's right. So... Just to fully explain that, we have a few VTS value time splits in the show. Usually it's just the metal moments, the only VTS we put in. That's right. And we keep 1% so that we can credit anyone that boosts as a producer of Bull After Bull also. Yeah, kind of a monitoring split. Yes. Uh, the, the last show that we did, we had a Hey Citizen intro and a Hey Citizen outro. Two different songs. The first was uh, the Christmas Bull song that... Bowlers will recall Hey Citizen sent us in last January. That's right. Uh, just after Christmas, he came up with a nice little uh, uh, Bowl After Bowl specific Christmas song. And so we just had to open the show with it last week. 
we also closed with it's Christmas time again. So it's Christmas time again. I was easily able to point to a remote item. It already has a value split defined. It's already hosted on DMU whatever uh, and such. Uh, whereas the Christmas bowl song Hey Citizen made for us was just something that he sent to me. Yeah, so it I had the MP3. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not like publicly available for me to do a remote item. So I just manually made the split for him, sent ninety nine his way and one percent my way, and so. CSB, when he boosted, he was like, oh, 99% to Hey Citizen, I don't get it. What's that? That's not what I meant to boost. And uh, yeah, helps to listen to the show to know what's uh, what, the, what the boost is all about. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But it's tough, too, because if you just pull it up, that's another thing that apps are going to have to get savvy about is like when you pull up that boost interface, is it going to show you, hey, your current boost is pointing at this value time split, which is going to go to these locations. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, just another thing that will improve over time, surely. Surely. So anyway, long story short, I told him boost like five minutes into the show and you'll get the regular default split. And so he did 5,000 sats. He said, second try, happy new year 2024. <laughs> Yo, CSB from www.csb.lol. Well, thanks, CSB. What a URL. I love his hand-drawn comics. More of those. Yes. Less AI. I like the hand-drawn, too. Yeah. And the butts. CSB. Comic strip butter. Mmm, <laughs> butter. Uh, I was posting Christmas butts last night. I saw one. It was a good Christmas butt. I By Christmas butts, moon. I just mean your butt yeah. on Christmas. <laughs> that was a picture I sent to you. I don't remember if you were working or something, but I was just like, hey, hey, full moon or something. Yeah. I was like, Nice. What to expect when you're married to me? Butt pictures. Butt pictures. At all hours of the day. 100 sets from Mary-Kate Ultra. Aw, thanks Mary-Kate Ultra. Out of fountain, she just says, teast. Teast received. It's working. And then, 20,000 sets from the same dame. Whoa, thanks Mary-Kate Ultra. Uh, that's also coming out of fountain, of course. These 20k sats have been burning a hole in my crypto pocket since my boost about everyone being surfs didn't go through. Please take. Oh. That's right. She was uh, dunking on everybody who had to try and win a calendar because she already had one. Yeah. Mary Kate Ultra, dunking on you <laughs> since 2022 or something like that. Uh, 3333 from Bowie Steeds next up. Thank you, Bully Steed. We know her as Bowley Steed. We know her as Boosty Steed. We know her as Mini Steeds. This one is a test test toke with a bowl emoji and a puff of smoke. Little token smoke. Oh, lovely. Uh, so things are working. Tests are actually going through. Green light, green light. On fountain. Wow. Yeah. Air duster of celebration in the air. Piranesi was next. Also coming out of fountain. Uh, nine, 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 nine sets. Woo. Thanks, Piranesi. A German denial boost. Fountain is the source. Episode 289, Give a Party, is the target. And no note. So I appreciate you. Uh, next up, Bowley Steed is back, but from a different app. That's right, 3333 once again, but this time from Podverse. All right. She says, Podverse won't stream live for me, ugh, killing oh, no. my buzz. Dios <sighs> mio, man. We've had some uh, Podverse issues, have we not? Well... Over at Homegrown Hits, I certainly have. I see alive. Says alive, you know, but I don't know. I don't Spence, know if it can stream Maybe or not. you just didn't hit the live tag when no, it she says boosted live. that. 
No, when oh, she sent the boost. When she sent the boost, it was we, probably not live. We really wait almost until we're recording to hit the live. Here's the deal. I want to kind of explain that, I guess. When I'm doing the pre-show, I've I've got this tradition that I'm very entrenched in, right? That I aim to change in 2024. One of my resolutions, mm. okay? I aim to change this slightly. We play some stony songs to kind of warm things up on the stream, right? These yes. stony songs are not V for V. They're not live item. I can't boost them. I can't send them. I'm probably being a bad boy yeah. uh, just by playing them at all. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, and so that's why I do not uh, identify as live until the last minute. When we're doing like the sound test shit after the last song has played, then I identify as live because I really don't want to accept any value for that, uh, which I'm not really authorized to accept. That's it. That's the clean cut version. So that's why people always ask like, hey, is this live? What the fuck? You didn't, you forgot the live. It's like, yeah, I, I didn't forget. I'm just, I haven't done it yet. Wait to pull that trigger at the very end. That's going to change. I've got some ideas. There's some uh, good stony songs out there, V for V, already. There's got to be a few more, and I'm hoping to help bridge that gap as part of my New Year's mission. Okay? But I'm also calling all bowlers. Calling all boners. Uh, (laughs) All bowlers and boners. All bowlers. uh, If you're a boner, it might be time to start bowling. Yeah. We need more weed songs, V for V. Okay, weed songs. Mm. I need weed songs. I play like five or six of them in every pre-show. I'd like to be able to have those boosted so that I can throw my live up, man. That's all. That's all. Uh, 69 is 69 coming up next. Woo! 69! 69, dudes! This one is coming from Hey Citizen. Hey Citizen. That's out of Podverse. Uh, he says, you can troubleshoot your umbral, uh, eh, 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 troubleshoot your umbral, uh, eh, eh, eh. What am I missing? Oh, I don't know what it's song clear... that could be. It's a, uh, it gotta be something, though. Uh, I don't know what song. Hey, Citizen, if you're listening, what song are we singing this <laughs> He's to? like, you fucked it up completely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's clearly a parody of something that I'm not catching uh, on to. Maybe Hey, Citizen is recording it for us now, singing it a little that, that, can be, that can be one of my pre-show songs. Mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And for me, every homegrown hits while I don't have my umbrella as my split. <laughs> oh, umbrella. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can troubleshoot your umbrella. Uh, umbrella eh, eh, eh. <laughs> troubleshoot your umbrella. umbrella, umbrella eh, 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 eh. I see it. Yes. Yeah. Mary Kate Ultra was on the trip. She was on it. She heard my retarded reading of it and immediately knew. Come on. She's like, guys, what else could it be? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Umbrella. Uh. <laughs> I did graduate in 2008. Thank you very much. Uh, 4444, <laughs> you dirty whore. This is coming from Fletcher out of Fountain. Aw, thanks, Fletcher. And he says, boosting the two most beautiful buds. Oh, step. Wow. The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. Well, thank you, sir. From the OG bud. Making me blush. All four of my cheeks are blushing now. <laughs> uh, speaking of blushing cheeks, Bully Steed is back at it. Bully Steed. A little binary boost out of Fountain 10101 sats. She said, I could think of a nicer group of folk who want uh, to walk this Bitcoin path into the breach. 
All right. Just reading what's in front of me here. Thank you, Wooly Seed. She thinks that we're nice and that uh, we're all taking it, taking it forward. She's got a double corn emoji on the end. And uh, yes, yes, we're doing it for you, Bully Steed. You're going to need more bit kern. Yeah, you're going to need some corn. You need some corn. Uh, by the way, now nah, we'll talk about it in the off chain. It's, all, okay. it's almost here. It's almost here. Uh, 4269 sats from Harv Hat. That's how you know we Woo! actually did light the thing up. We went live. We did the live uh, pod paying and all that. He hit us with Curiocaster Boost 4269. Much appreciated. Thank you, Harv Hat. Uh, Bowley Steed 1111 out of Podverse. She says live report live. Yay. There it is. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. what it is. Uh, yes. If you want to hear, um, music that isn't <laughs> any of my business to play, then, uh, you can't really stream that live in the apps. That's just, uh, you know, it's against your ethics. Listen, there's no such thing as 50 state legal. Okay. Mm, I don't want to get too, enough. I don't want to get too deep into it. 10,000 sats I will get deep into. That's 10,000 sats from the Clip Custodian. All right. Thanks, Clip Custodian. He's coming to us from Curio Caster. He says ITB. In the bowl, Clip Custodian, and thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, another 10,000 sats from Curio Caster from Clip Custodian. Ooh. He says Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Sorry. It's Christmas that was time. Awful. It's Christmas time again. Need to be slapped. I could go on and on with, with a that rubber one. chicken. Uh, 10,000 <laughs> sats next up. That's right. From Clip Custodian. Whoa. That's right. From Curiocaster. That's right. Another boost. Triple and up. He says, Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, Clip Custodian. Happy dang old New Year, man. 2024. It's going to be way better than 2023 was. In 2023, there were some weird times in 2023, but overall, I'd say it was I. Yeah. Uh, I had one of the best times of my life in 2023 with the whole Uranus birthday, turning 33. Yeah. In 23. And I'm holding right now this bowling pin picture frame of the gang at the bowling alley. And uh, I look at this pretty much every day of my life and yeah. just treasure that memory forever. It's on your work desk. It is. Your bowl desk. That's right. <laughs> so every time I'm streaming, every time I'm working, every time I'm jackboxing with the, uh, with the kids... With the stream kids, uh, that's what I'm looking at. It really warms my heart. I cherish it. So 2023, it was, uh, there were some dark times, though. But there were also some bright, shiny times. Some very high peaks and some valleys as well. So, Happy New Year is what I'm trying to say. 2024, we're going to do it big as hell. Big as hell. Uh, speaking of big as hell, next boost, 10,000 sats from Clip Custodian. What? Out of CurioCaster. Thanks, Clip Custodian. He is stacking them up tonight. We appreciate you, brother. He says, we are the chickens. Yes. That's right. We are the chickens. Hey, Citizen definitely knows that. Quit squawking and start uh, bok, bok, bok and pushing eggs out. Yeah. Less squawk, more squat. (laughs) That's what we do around here. Squish them eggs out of our uh, egg holes. What are they, vents? Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, I don't know. The metaphor breaks down because of my penis, but whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Little chickens making eggs out here. We uh, would just make value. That's right. It's all value. The creamy orange yolk of value can be found here in the helipad. It is, imp- uh, it is, it is obvious. Undeniable. It's right here in front of my face. Uh, 4444 from Fletcher. 
He's coming out of Fountain again. Wow, thanks, Fletcher. He said, sparking up much love, bowlers. Oh. Spark one up. Sparking you up. And he knows what that hole is called. He's so good. That's right. The cloaca. <laughs> the cloaca. Or something. I think that's how you say it. Uh, I think it's a vent in chickens because it does so many things. Egg, poop, pee. Yep. What I know, though, for sure, and I don't even have to look up, 10,000 sats. Clip Custodian. Whoa. Kirio Caster. He just says V for V with an exclamation mark Woo! for crying out loud. V for V. Thank you, Clip Feeling Custodian. The value. Thank you. Uh, 11 11 sats from Make <laughs> Heroism out of Fountain. I want to sure I get this absolutely correct. Okay. J, 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 that's a lot of J's. Yeah, you can go back and clip it and count them. I nailed it. Nailed it. Thank you, Make Heroism. I Thank appreciate you. Thank you, Make you. Heroism. A little uh, fish tank boost there. <laughs> um, uh, I am enjoying from the sidelines. The very far away <laughs> sidelines. the most healthy place to enjoy it from. Oh, my God. Uh, a, a stone's throw away. Oh, my God. I was sitting there like when I should have been doing my get ready for the show shit. I'm still wa- like watching... Watching group this therapy. This mundane circle jerk <laughs> in the lounge. But hey, I'm at level 33 now, so Ooh. I must be doing something right. Oh, a thousand sats from Eastside Tony. Where are you at, Eastside Tony? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Eastside Tony. Podverse. That's where you at. We got bong hits in the hood for you. That's right. And uh, he says, Merry Christmas. Happy bong year. Hell yeah. Defend the network. Oh, yeah, every day. And then a thousand sats from me, said Tony. Again, no note. Just a follow-up. Just a little whoopsh. Well, thank you, sir. Just a little slap on the other ass cheek. You know, you have the right cheek. You have the left cheek. You got to balance it out. There you go. I don't really... I can't lift my cheek high enough to slap it properly while I'm podcasting. 420 sats from me, said Tony. He said, WTF is going on. <laughs> 28 minutes ago. Well, I'm not uh... sure. Uh, because when I start the show, I just fucking, I'm doing the show. And so I don't really have any other idea what's going on. I know the boostergrams as they come in. I know the chat, which you can get to with a link. If you go to bowlafterbowl.com and click on listen live, there's a little Kiwi link and you can get into the chat as well. You can get in the bowl and you can chat it out. And, uh, that's where real time troubleshooting goes down. So that's true. Whether something on the show is fucked up and I don't know about it and you need to let me know. Or if you're like, building a node because I like made you want to and you're having troubles with it. That's a great place to go to ask questions about it. Uh, get in the poll. And I'm not promising that you'll know what's going on. I'm just uh, saying that people will talk to you in there. Definitely. 5,000 sats. That's next from Fountain from NetNed. Oh, thanks, NetNed. He says, don't tell DeLorean about the Swiffer wet jet. <laughs> She'll freak out. <laughs> Can I tell you a secret, NetNed? It was a Swiffer wet jet. Uh-huh. So that's why it was That's so, why I cried. The yeah. Actual tears. The squirting Swiffer wet jet. <laughs> yeah. That's the sound of a Swiffer wet jet. Let me tell you. Uh, 5,000 <laughs> sats from Eastside Tony. He says, minimum test. test in all received. caps. Uh, I can tell you that all of these have come through uh-huh. so far. So uh, no need to panic. Um... We usually wait to talk about them until this part of the show. So 
if it was just because we hadn't mentioned them, uh, we're mentioning them now, <laughs> but it's okay. You can keep sending them. I'm not trying to discourage that. Uh, I'm trying to encourage 4567 sats from Cotton Gin. Woo, thanks, Cotton Gin. Because it happened and it could happen again. You never know. Uh, Podverse was the, uh, was the sender there, was the app in question. And no note, just the boost. Look at that. 14,420 sats from the same cotton gin that Yay. you learned about in high school. Thank you, cotton gin. Probably in uh, primary school as well. Grade school. Whatever you call it. Yeah, thank you. No notes, just boosts. Uh, 42 sats from Eastside Tony. Is this working? He asks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Caps. Got all of them, actually, so far. <laughs> and appreciate all of them, too. And appreciate you, yes. Eastside Tony. Uh, they're here. They're here. Booberry. Hit us with that 6969. He's a based berry because he is hitting us up from Boost CLI. Oh, the most sovereign way to boost. From your node to our nodes. From Boost CLI where you never cry. Just finished uploading the rest of the intermissions to the BTS stream, he says. That means there's 136 mixes up there for your listening pleasures. Ooh, wow. Very nice. Wow. Yeah, and then we get like the old, uh, can you even do like a value for value music show without tipping into uh, all the cuck shit? Yeah, turns out there's a yeah. lot. Turns out there's a lot. Uh, and Booberry is a big reason why there's a lot. It's true. You're never going to run out. With Booberry, you can never run out. He took it upon himself to make sure that Homegrown Hits specifically never ran out of Demio. And... I don't know how many songs he's uploaded now, but I know it's more than 420. It's a hell of a lot. He's doing the work at uh, thunderroad.media. Here's another gentleman doing the work. It's Fletcher. He's back again. Fletcheroo. He's boosting out of Fountain, and he says, <laughs> thank you Fletcher and thank you shift right arrow on my keyboard for allowing me to be able to do that in real time thank you thank you everybody we stand on the shoulders of giants I don't even That's fucking true. like computer okay I hate computer I was just born 150 years too late I was supposed to be some kind of civil war weirdo don't ask me what side because I don't know probably depends where you're born yeah I would have just been in the mix but no, I got to fucking fuck with computer because I was born here in this time. So just, just a necessity of my life. Uh, and uh, thank you. Thank you, Fletcher. And thank you to all the bowlers yeah, for that seriously. absolute boost fest that we just experienced. We feel the love and we love you right back. <laughs> what side Mary Kate Ultra demands to know. <laughs> it, it's hard to say even if I was born right here because like right here is where the rift was. Mm hmm. You know, like on the Kansas-Missouri border, it would have been a coin toss. It would have depended on the events leading up to the war and w like what happened to me during them. It's easy. It's so easy to look back at a fucking civil war and go, oh, yeah, I was better being the Union. Duh, because like the slaves and stuff. But uh, when you actually live through it, it's a little bit more nuanced and you're just kind of a cog in a bigger machine, you know, and what what. What experience would have shaped you? I don't know. I don't know because I was born much later in computer time. Well, we'll have to uh, get you under meditatively and unravel your past lives. 
There you go. From your secret black box memory. <laughs> but until then, I can tell the bowlers that there are many other ways to contribute value, and many of them are doing so right now just by being in the chat that we mentioned, pound bowl after bowl on the IRC, on the zero note. And um, you can also pass the bowl to someone you think will get value out of it. Yeah, and then if they do, they can put some value back into it, and the ecosystem continues and grows. You can also send art or jingles because we use new art for every episode, and the jingles, well, they really come in handy and keep us hyped. And finally, and perhaps simplest of all, you can give us a call. We have a first time I ever topic every week, and this week, because of the holidays, we want to hear about the first time you ever went to an office Christmas party. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And the play of voice will That's right. We'll play it without screening it beforehand. So anything goes in the bowl voicemail. Uh, you can also send picture messages or text messages. But, you know, pictures are preferable, especially if you show boobs. That's or right. Or send your dick pics. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I've got a soft spot for that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, slide your opinion into the uh, text slash voicemail line, and we'll play it on the show. That's right. Well, I suppose that now is the time. We've we've waited long enough. We've got to get to this. Ah, yes, ah, yes. We all really want to build a node. I've noticed a big uptick in people actually finally saying, fuck it, it's time. And I want to thank Albie for helping push that. I think intentionally push that. Hmm, I like this theory. I think intentionally they're trying to also push that. Uh, I'm not the only one who had that take. In fact, uh, there was a little write-up about it on No Bullshit Bitcoin. Ah. Albie Lightning accounts go invite only in a bid to encourage self-custody. Very nice. And uh, if you read the Albie blog post, which we will link in the show notes, um, this really is a, uh, a move that will help self-custody. And it also doesn't really turn off anything. It doesn't change anything for anyone who already had an Albi. Okay. Right. Uh, the talk was really to be able to continue to deliver on their value proposition. So I said last week that I was bullish on this move and that it actually gave me more faith in Albi. Like that they're trying to make certain that their service stands the test of time. Right. Um, and even in the blog post, they open it up by saying... Uh, the the surge in interest from new users and the development of new apps surpass our initial expectations. So they can never really uh, envisioned how big this Albi thing would get. And so to deliver on our value proposition for our current users and partners, Albi is currently invite only. New users need an invite code to sign up for account. That much we talked about last week. Um, they have... Uh, 
put a little spot in the very end of the blog post, by the way, how to get an invite code. And we had kind of speculated about that Mm. last week, but I wanted to read this specifically directly from the horse's mouth. How to get an invite code. Invite codes are handed out to users and partners which share the same vision and support us on building Albi. Please leave your email addresses here. And they have a link to a jot form where you can jot your email address in there and, and request an invite code. Uh, just as an art collector wouldn't display their artwork to the public without prior preservation, we need to cultivate our strength and raise the little bee step by step. So putting new breaks on new users for the node infrastructure. Now, remember, we also pointed out last week that that means anybody can still download the Albi extension and use it. This is invite only for direct access to their node infrastructure, which in turn drives the uh, use case for build a node. And what's really delightful for me in my weird little man on an island spot that I've been living in for the last three years of this experiment is I see podcasters to the left and to the right all kind of hurriedly trying to update and change their onboarding message, right? They have to now figure out, okay, how do I onboard, uh, my listeners moms into this this system (laughs) and i was just so like kick your feet up spark a joint relaxed about this whole change because my my pitch does not change and i still get to be the lunatic and i still get to say you know what you really want to do is you want to build your own node and that's the only advice i have been comfortable giving from the start now i always say you know there's other ways you can do it you can get the you can get a little fountain action you can get a little albi action you know you can do uh something through rss blue now there's a lot of different ways right but but my actual advice i don't really feel good giving any other advice than you're gonna want to build your own note if you're creating producing content and putting it out there on an rss feed for making digital content then you know you can take all of the guessing and trusting out of the equation You don't have to make sure this company is around in a year. You don't have to wonder, uh, are they going to rug pull me? Everybody's like speculating, oh, Albie's getting ready for a rug pull. Nah, bullshit. Uh, But you don't have to worry about that if you run your own node. Right. You can say, fuck it, they can rug pull. Who cares? Don't don't affect me none. The whole Lightning ecosystem could like experience a massive psyop where everybody gives up on the custodians that oh it's only good for custodians is what i keep hearing on bitcoin twitter lighting's only good for custodians well the custodians could all go down tomorrow and we could still have a circular economy that's right because all you got to do is have a node and then you're in and then it doesn't matter who else is in or out because you connect to what you need to connect to through the node but a bing but a bam is a little bit more difficult than just clicking five buttons and putting an email and a password into two different fields yes you're fucking right it is And you should be looking for something a little more difficult than that if you are serious about long-term value exchange. You know, any solution that you click on three buttons and put an email and a password into a field and confirm your email address, if if that's a solution for a long-term value exchange plan, it's not a serious one, okay? Get serious, people. That's all I'm saying. I've been saying it from the start, and I don't have to change my message. Very, very pleased with that. Uh, what else is going on? Fountain 1.0 dropped officially uh, from the Fountain blog here. By the way, Fountain has kind of rolled out this new logo with a weird font. Mm. And 
I'm trying to figure out a word other than awful to describe it. Like I'm just, I'm oh. not feeling it. I'm not sure what they're I, going for. I haven't seen this yet, but I'm. Uh, I'll zoom in on a little bit. What do you, how do you feel about It's tough to read. It's just the readability is and yeah. It reminds me of a certain car brand that I can't stand their logo. It's like really thick typeset with really really thin serifs going on, and it's like I don't know. It's like it's like taking the pieces from the past and the future and putting it together to make something not quite as good as either. Yes. I don't know. That is exactly <laughs> what it looks like. Just my random shade. Uh, it, it almost looks like a, a stamp and not all the ink came through. That, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like a, it's the worst possible combination of thick and thin. Maybe try again on the, on the re, rebrand of the fountain logo. That's all. Fountain 1.0 has arrived, though. This is exciting. It's uh, making their product a step better. It's their biggest design and user experience upgrade to date, and it's the full Fountain 1.0. It's like they're stepping out. It's like we're here. We're, like, polished. We're ready to, like, say we are version one. So they launched this. Uh, the 21st is when this blog post is dated, so last Thursday. Uh, brand new look for the Fountain mobile app. They've been, by the way, when they say this, they mean this. They've been listening to all the feedback and uh, making improvements based upon it directly. And uh, a lot of us have been in there in the betas, like testing things out, breaking things, reporting what's going on. And what I really appreciate about the Fountain team is their responsiveness to uh, some of these issues. Even sometimes if they uh, don't get back right away, they still read it and they still, they've taken it all in, you know? Sometimes it feels like I'm shouting at the sky, uh, but that's just because there's so much of it going on and it going in. So we're actually seeing results from the feedback, which I really appreciate. We're actually seeing Fountain build within the podcasting 2.0 spec from the beginning, which I appreciate. Uh, and I think that's what makes them one of the most popular apps to use in this space. I mean, you heard the boost earlier, like a great chunk of the bowlership uses Fountain. And a great deal of the boosts come from Fountain. And the reason is because they do have that nice accessibility. It's not as hard to figure out what the fuck is going on with Fountain compared to, I think, just the average mean. Just the average line of how hard it is to figure out in all of these apps combined. I think Fountain brings that average up. And they should be commended for that. In Fountain 1.0, you will find a new player design that gives you quick access to powerful features. A new library design makes it easier to find organizer content. A new clip editor that makes it quicker and easier to share clips. New way to explore clips that other listeners have shared. They've separated all these feeds out too, so it's like organized. Uh, there's a new home feed design that surfaces conversations happening right now. Hmm. So you're going to see like latest boosts and comments and stuff like that. Nice. Replies to other boosts that you can do in the fountain system. So live shows will be staying on top. Mm-hmm. Well, just like, yeah, most recent stuff is popping off there uh, of what you follow or what you're subscribed to. They also have a new and improved playlist feature that supports episodes, clips, and tracks. So you can put your podcast in with your music listening, with your clips that you're listening that other people have made. You can kind of put them all together and combine them, mix and match, and a number of other smaller improvements across the board, they say. Uh, so I'm not going to bore you with every single little feature. I just kind of the top level, but yeah, fountain 1.0, they continue to improve the product, which is fantastic. Um, the logo that I, I predict they will continue to improve the logo. It's not, <laughs> I've seen a lot of, uh, 
confused feedback about the logo. It's just, at first I didn't even know what it was when I'm like, when I first directly look at it, I'm not sure what that is. And then I'm like, oh, it's a word. It says fountain. Okay. Mm. It looks like Fontaine or something just because of the font. Well, something exciting. If you go to their website, fountain.fm, and you scroll down a little bit, there's a big picture featuring the Millennial Media Offensive, episode 99, showing some of their boosts coming through. Uh, Looking forward to their 100th episode. Oh, very nice. Good job, MMO. Yeah, that's cute. It's fun seeing stream shows featured. Use these stats wisely, millennials, like for more ammo, for example. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Based. Based and put in the screen cap, Paytar. Very nice. Cool. Uh, what else is going on around the world? Argentina repeals forced legal tender laws for contracts. Ooh. And confirms that debts can now be settled in Bitcoin. So here we go. It's starting. Uh, Millie Vanilli, what's his name? Malay? Malay. Malay. He got in there and he did, you know, what uh, he promised. Wow. What he promised, man. So that's cool. We're uh, we're seeing a Bitcoin president in Argentina, and uh, now what that does is makes contracts uh, be able to be settled in other than you know currencies other than just Argentina's currency, which has t- been just tanking dog shit inflation, being absolutely hammered over the past number of years. So it's tough because if you're trying to settle these contracts in uh, the Argentinian peso, you get the money and then it's worth less like tomorrow. Yeah, that sucks. So you got to like top off the money again. It's just wrecked. It's wrecked. So any really, it it would be hard to pick an alternative currency to that uh, Argentinian currency that, that isn't more stable. And now you can legally do that. In a televised speech, he said the goal is to start along the path to rebuilding the country and start to undo the huge number of regulations that have held back and prevented economic growth. So expect a lot of regulation slashing, expect a lot more freedom in Argentina moving on. Pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Bullish for Bitcoin for sure. And what it really does, what it actually does is it opens up the whole field for direct competition in currencies in Argentina now. Now, people are going to use the one that is best for them. And whatever the people pick the most, boom, that's going to be a more used currency. The peso was already hanging on by a thread as being worth anything. But because it was legally obligated that you had to pay, you had to settle all your public debts in in this peso, that's what was kind of like keeping it alive, keeping it on life support. Now that's gone. Now they'll actually have to compete and be a good currency in order to be used, which is how it should be in a free, uh, free open market economy. So thumbs up to that. A couple more for you. Uh, speaking of politicians, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Corrupt politician Elizabeth Warren continues to spread disinformation to build support for unconstitutional Bitcoin surveillance bills. Her latest uh, chicanery is sending a strongly worded letter to Coinbase, the Blockchain Association, and Coin Center. Asking about the extent to which they employ ex-military officials and ex-members of Congress while stating that U.S. Bitcoin advocacy groups undermine bipartisan efforts in Congress and the Biden administration. So her her latest angle is to highlight that there's this fucking revolving door in the crypto world and in like uh, crypto companies and, um, you know, Congress, crypto companies and 
military officials, crypto uh, companies, and and ad- administrative positions. Mm. Sounds kind of a little bit like the motherfucking banking industry to me. <laughs> yeah, you know. But there's a big pot calling the crypto industry black. That's fun. Uh, some quotes from the letter here. I write regarding a troubling new report that your association and other crypto interests are flexing a not-so-secret weapon, a small army of former defense, national security, and law enforcement officials to work on your behalf to undermine bipartisan efforts in Congress and the Biden administration to address the role of cryptocurrency in financing Hamas and other terrorist organizations. Which was already debunked. It's been disproven completely by numerous blockchain surveillance firms who uh, totally fucking wrecked the Wall Street Journal article that claimed that... uh, there was like millions and billions and uh, retarded big number of uh, crypto funding going to Hamas. The uh, surveillance chains say, uh, no, not tens of millions of dollars. It's like in the thousands that are coming through in crypto. And it's not their sole source, their only source, or by any stretch, their biggest source of income, right? Yeah. It's kind of a tangential income source. It also can't be stopped anyway, so... Right. You know, good luck. Uh, Warren also fails to see any issues in her impossible proposals to extend Bank Secrecy Act regulations to free and open source software. Hello. Mm-hmm. There uh, it is. When she says that the response of the crypto industry appears to be focused on delaying and denying new rules that would restrict crypto's use by terrorists and criminals. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, free software and free code, you know? I execute it on my computer. So fuck you. <laughs> anyway, she wants a big list of information. She's got points one, two, three, four. She wants answers to questions. One, how many former military civilian government officials or members of Congress are currently employed by or on behalf of your association? Uh, do Goldman Sachs, cunt. Yeah. Please provide a full list of all such officials and their former roles in the government. Uh, do Wells Fargo, cunt. How much are they compensated on an annual basis? Uh, do Bank of America, cunt. For all officials listed in response to question one, please provide A, a summary of their responsibilities. B, are they registered lobbyists or do they work as, quote, advisors, quote, counselors, or in other roles? Uh, C, that she wants a list of all legislation and regulatory activities where they have been involved with in Congress or the administration. D, a list of all Biden administration officials they have met with in relation to these activities. E, a list of any other activities meeting with federal government officials. F, any federal experience with cryptocurrency or terrorist financing, because they go hand in hand. G, specifically, if were any of the individuals who signed the November 15th, 2023 letter sent by your organization employed by or compensated by any other crypto firms or crypto industry associations? If so, please list these individuals. So that's a big chunk for number two. No kidding. That was like 10 questions in one. Three. With regard to the individuals listed in response to question one, was your association in contact with any of them about employment uh, while they were still employed by the government? If so, please list all the individuals and the nature of their contacts. Do U.S. Bank. Four. Does your association have a code of ethics that restricts contacts with active government officials about future employment or restricts the activities of former government employees that are now working for your association or on its behalf? If so, please provide a copy of this code of ethics. I mean, Jesus. Can it get any more blatant? The whole, like, blame other people for what we do. 
the entire Obama administration was just a fucking Goldman Sachs Christmas party. <laughs> yep. Give me a fucking break, bitch. It was so fucking silly. Oh, yeah, there was, you know, a little bit of slapback, but basically it's mostly just, pla- I mean, you know, you're up against a uh, United States senator, you know, most of these people are just plebby plebs. I mean, Coinbase, you know, there's a lot of tech elite in there, but this is what the uh, head of U.S. policy for Coinbase had to say, Kara Calvert. Engaging like-minded experts to advocate against legislative proposals that one sincerely believes are unconstitutional and detrimental to the nation's welfare does not constitute, quote, undermining bipartisan efforts in Congress. Rather, it is in the uh, it is the exercise of the fundamental right to freely associate and petition the government. It is everyone's right, and no one should apologize for doing it. Resorting to questioning the motives often reflects an inability to prevail on the merits of an argument itself. Ding, ding. Uh, and forgive me, that was actually Coin Center, Coin Center's uh, official response. Ah, <sighs> so yeah, you know, more of this shit. She's just the bank's bitch. Probably is written directly by the boards of banks all across the country who are scared shitless, of course, uh, when any kind of legit competitor might ruin their total monopoly over the whole planet. God forbid. Yeah, people want to be free, it turns out. You know, this is supposed to be the country where that goes down. Yep. So get fucking used to it, Elizabeth Warren. Finally, uh, my last bit of news that I found interesting, Amboss introduces ghost addresses, so I haven't really had the time to dive Hmm. in too deep and um, get under the hood of this thing, but it looked really interesting just on a kind of cursory read-through. A ghost address... Uh, functions as a static reusable endpoint that makes receiving payments into self-custody seamless and straightforward. Anyone running their own lightning node, you heard that, will be able to have a lightning address without needing a custodial third party or a publicly accessible server. Hmm. So this thing was rolled out uh, by, of course, the fellas behind Amboss.space. They also uh, maintain Thunderhub. Today, we're thrilled to announce our latest innovation on the lightning network, Ghost Addresses. This means that anyone running their own node will have uh, will be able to have a lightning address without needing a third party and without needing a publicly accessible server. So, so far, basically you can make a lightning address and you needed to have a little bit of information in your dot well known on your server. If you wanted to do your own thing, or you could go to the usual uh, players like Zebedee or fountain or Albi and, and get a lightning address. It's, it's a lightning, uh, essentially it's an LN URL uh, endpoint that looks like an email address. So it's username at host dot whatever. Yeah. And uh, Zebedee was actually the ones that first pioneered and uh, made lightning addresses. The ghost addresses, they combine the clever behavior of phantom payments with the user experience of the lightning address. So it enables any node to receive payments through invoices created using the lightning address protocol. And there's some nice little diagrams uh, available at the, documentation which i will link in the show notes here uh you can also by the way find it pretty easily by going to amboss.tech slash docs slash ghost but we'll have a link to it as well that you can just click on and you don't even have to type nothing you just click the link that's what's beautiful about lorian putting the show notes together that's right you just thumb over to the show notes and bada bing bada boom everything is there and i'm definitely going to try and fuck around with this and play with it see uh see what i can make happen yeah me too i think it'd be great to have just a an easy little lightning address that doesn't have, uh, you know, some other custodian on the end, but it's just, just me. 
It's at bowlafterbowl.com or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, seriously. That'd have be a, sweet. have a bowler address. have a bowler ghost address. So I did want to just throw in an umbral update here. Yes, please do. How's, uh, wait, wait. Now I have to stop you. I'm fixing a note where my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling where it Okay, I think well, the ready. good news is I think my note is fixed. Like, it functions just fine. Mm-hmm. The bad news <laughs> is I still have seven pending closing channels, or seven pending closes on uh, channels, sure. right? And the good news, again, is that I can see those channels, because if I just go to my umbral and on the lightning node that's installed there, no channels appear. But I go to Thunderhub, and I can see the seven pending channels. Now, I, you know, last week only had two channels that had successfully closed, and that was with Abel Kirby and Harv Hat. But BoostBot, as I mentioned earlier, taking a sabbatical, BoostBot forced closed on me. So that channel is closed, and I'm on my way. I'm on my way to getting the channels closed. Uh, but in the meantime, I am very interested in joining a ring of fire so that I can start getting some new channels in even while I'm waiting for these channels to close. Cause I don't see a point to having downtime if I don't have to have downtime, mm-hmm. you know, like I won't reopen these channels until they're all good and closed and whatever. And if my peers want to have me back, I once was a quite reliable node runner. Definitely. And now I'm an ass old faithful. That's what we called your node. Yeah. But so the big part here, what's going to fix this before I get into a ring of fire or anything, I'm going to move over. I'm going to do my transfer from my Raspberry Pi to some solid hardware, my Dell Optiplex. Nice. So that it will be beefed up. And I don't see why I can't be all reliable again I think once I'm over there. I think it's a rock solid plan. Something I would like to do, though, I would like to build a second node. I would mm. like to try something that isn't umbral. Okay. And I would like to have a node that's eh, like exclusively for homegrown hits, let's say. And oh, then sure. One that's exclusively for bowl after bowl. And they can peer with each other. And I, that'll help me figure things out. And plus, then my helipads will be separated out. And you've got a fallback. And I've got a plan B, yes. I think that's a great idea. And. A plan C and plan D and plan E, like I already of course, have. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, Albie saved my ass yep. this time around. So I appreciate everyone out there. It's, it's a great service for no money. I mean, what can you say about Albie? Great service for no money. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the opposite of no money, I did want to just talk a little bit more about the Ainsley concert, the yeah. Ainsley Costello concert. The first uh, value for value live show. Yes. And on Thursday night, she had Just Loud playing too. And there was an opener also. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it was stacked. And uh, so we did get the totals, which I was very interested in. I think this is kind of what drives the momentum and sets kind of the bar for what's possible and gets people who didn't give a shit before to kind of at least pay attention and show mild interest, if not uh, really sit up in their seats and. Um, take notice 
the night one totals. What I love too, by the way, is they've in the reporting, Julie has kind of, it just naturally came about that there's, there was a little bit of RSS versus Noster competition in this, uh, totaling. So night one was the night of the Bitcoin meetup. And, uh, I think a lot more, um, kind of Bitcoin specific eyes on the, uh, on the stage and in the room. And so night one pulled in 3.65 million sats over RSS and 3.26 million uh, from Noster. So RSS having a about 400,000 sat edge, roughly. Uh, There was a fiat donation that was converted to lightning as well for 443,000 sats. So if you total those up, that's 7.3 million. So just under nice. just under 7 million if you don't count that fiat donation, although they did convert it to Lightning and add it to the pile, which is one of the cool things about Lightning like, and about Bitcoin in general. We've experienced this at the Bitcoin block parties too. If people are like, look, I really just want to help you and here's money, like here's my Federal Reserve note, we can say, oh yeah, we, it's easy to turn that into Bitcoin. Like you could have done it, but we'll just do it for you. It's all good. And then we just grab that nasty little... Federal Reserve note, and we convert it over into beautiful clean sats, and bam, send it to the node. And that's what they did on night one. So 7.3 million on night one. Night two, RSS totaling 2.44 million sats, and Noster bringing in 1.82 million sats for a night two total of about 4.26 million sats. All together, Grand Poobah, that's 11.6 million Satoshis. All right. Which, as of the concert time, was about uh, $5,085 in two two nights. She said, not to mention the nearly 3.8 million sets she had received between the Lightning Summit and today. So she's going on all these shows. She's doing interviews leading up to the event. She's also got value splits on those shows. Yeah, forever and always. So there's this... There's all these different angles and you can, you can value enable all of them. So every stop, it's not just, wow, I hope three people come to my show from me talking on this, on this uh, podcast. No, it's like forever now when people listen to the show, I could make sats off of it. Yes. And then I'll move on to the next thing. I did the show. People can watch it forever. I can still make sats off of it. These totals are of that night. I'm sure the total has gone up since then. Yeah. It can't go down. It can't go down. <laughs> it's only going up. That's right. 11.6 million was just that night. People can boost this forever. So five grand in two nights for just a touring artist at a local show, it's unheard of. Okay? Yeah. It's unheard of unless you have some kind of a guarantee and unless you have like a huge name and a bunch of different uh, levers and uh, switches to throw behind you, you're not going to get five grand in two nights. It just does not happen. I can tell you I've ran a music venue like this isn't going down. So another thing I will say, RSS has the sats edge. And I think that's just a culture thing right now because the RSS podcasting 2.0 boosters have a culture of understanding value and kind of having comparative value. Yes. And so that's why we will read boosts that are 69, 69 and boosts that are 33, 33 and boosts that are, you know, up there four and five digits, one, two, three, four, five. Um, lots of boosts like that in the Noster world. It's kind of like, you know, you hit people with a 10 or a 33 or a, uh, you know, they'd boost 42, not 420, that kind of thing. I gotcha. So they zap you. It makes sense in a micro blog kind of little boop, 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 boop sense. But 
I think that that's a value of a, of an Oster post. I think that's equivalent value of an Oster post. And so it's going to take a little bit of transition for the Noster crowd to kind of say, okay, well this value over here is it, it's bringing significantly more than just one little post on Noster would bring to your life. Right. This is a, a whole ass concert, or this is an episode of a podcast, or this is whatever it happens to be. It's going to be bringing a little bit more to the table than, you know, a two, a 500 character micro blog post. Yes. So, uh, that's, what's cool. I think about the Noster, um, ecosystem itself, right. Is that it's, it's, it's its own protocol. It's more than just a micro blog. It's not just a Twitter replacement. It's an entire protocol. And so I think a lot more will be kind of put on Noster rails in the future. And I think that anybody doing value exchange in these spaces is going to have to include a Noster rail in it. It just it makes nothing but sense that that would be a part of it. And indeed, it was pulling uh, almost half the slack. So one final congratulations to everybody involved with that thing. I think it uh, really gave us a glimpse at the future that we can have, a free and sovereign one. Yeah. Let's wrap this thing up with some Casey Bitcoiners action. I did uh, attend coffee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Friday. It was a great time. And you got to talk about the concert. I got to talk about the concert. Uh, got to build a node. Got to counter more lightning FUD. You built a node? Uh, well, That's awesome. got Got to preach building a node, I should say. Excuse me. I misspoke. Uh, I got people excited to build the node. I think somebody is seriously considering that. And... Uh, Honestly, for me, I just think it's part of your long-term Bitcoin strategy. Most people who have a long-term Bitcoin strategy have one like this. Okay, I DACA, I dollar cost average buy on a weekly or monthly basis or whatever, daily. I don't know what your DCA looks like. Um, I dollar cost average in, I hide it in cold storage, I never touch it ever again. And then some people are bringing in this extra little piece that says, okay, I also take my PayPal donations I was giving to V for V for V podcast. And I turn that into Bitcoin and I send that to via the boosting, but they're kind of this separate thing with separate thoughts and ideas about it. And for me, like a lightning node can be a lot more than just we're boosting here or we're like using lightning payments, like helping the network with liquidity, the network pays for that. So if you have useful liquidity and you have useful channels on a lightning node, you can make routing fees and, uh, you know, everybody talks about, well, it's minuscule. It's not very much, but it adds up over time. That's right. And it makes your Bitcoin directly more useful. Right. So I think that as far as preserving wealth goes, it's a really great tool to have in a hidey hole and just never touch it and always forget about it and have it super secure. But the idea that it's not at all secure in a lightning node is, a, is not really a true one. I don't think. I think that's more FUD. And so, um, yeah, just, just countering some FUD. I guess Fiat Joff is, uh, you know, saying more things about, he's just lightning node dooming. Oh, he's a goofus, though. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, it was like a, two years ago when he talked about, he just, like, completely m misunderstood V for V. Yeah. And basically said, oh, V for V doesn't work because I don't know how to fucking make key send payments work on my node. And, you know, the guy, like, he... He's a great developer. He's pretty much, if you had to pick one guy responsible for Noster, it's him, right? But he's a Noster maxi and uh, really can't see past the, the peripherals mm. in this lightning. He's never been 
the lightning node uh, guru. That's fine. He doesn't have to get it. He's always complaining about it. And exactly. It's just another one of those things. You don't, you don't have to get it. We're over here doing our uh, own thing. The the node operators, the people who actually run their own nodes, aren't subject to your FUD bullshit. Now, companies are and custodians are definitely subjected to the PSYOP FUD bullshit. But if you run your own node, you can just shrug that shit off, man. Which I've been doing for three years now. Thank you very much. Shrugging it off for three years. And we appreciate the shit out of you bowlers who uh, help us do it. That's right. So what's coming up in the Kansas City Bitcoiner area? We have another coffee uh, to start the year off on the 5th. Okay. And this will be, by the way, at uh, the one in the crossroads. All right. We have pretty much, I think, officially pivoted to meeting at, uh, God damn it, what That's is it called? That's this new place, right? That's right. Um, it's all you can drip coffee. It is called, I'm trying to pull it up here as we speak. Take care. Great 419, name. 419 East 18th Street. Right across the street from 420. Ay. Right next door to Grinders Pizza, by the way. So it's easy to find. Uh, yeah, 7.30 a.m. We'll be meeting there. We'll be talking about Bitcoin. I'll be telling you that you probably should be running a node. What are you doing? Not running a node. Do you even like Bitcoin at all? <laughs> Something like it that. It really baffles me. Something like that as Being well. Being the lightning be preacher at the Bitcoin meetup. <laughs> I didn't think I would be on such an island. I know. But uh, it actually is starting to switch. I've, I've seen cool. a lot of people who have been thinking about it, who have been hemming and hawing. Now is the time where they're like, actually, okay, well, I'm going to try it out. Well, you know. And you, you got to try it out because it's going to take some time to get the thing set up. And it's going to take some time to learn how to run one. And no, you're not going to just click a button and it fucking happens for you. That's not how the shit works, okay? If you're looking for that type of experience, you're going to be disappointed or frustrated or whatever. You're going to want to learn stuff, which will make you uh, sound smart to your friends when they don't know what you're talking about. But really, it will make you feel dumber than you feel already. And that's a good thing. It means you're learning. It means yes. you're actually getting in there and doing it. It means you're starting to reach an understanding. And that's, that's where the real value is. You, it's, it's fine if it just works and somebody else does it for you until it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then who are you going to get mad at? You can only be mad at yourself at that point because you got no control. Yep. That's all. So we got to start um, hitting these music venues in the mouth with getting lightning enabled and stuff. Totally. I was just thinking because Take Care is right by Grinders, which is a prolific venue. I was thinking about that, having a cigarette out behind it yeah. on Friday. I was like, you know what? V for V concert literally right here. That would be sweet. Banging. Yeah. We'll talk to him. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out this year, man. Figure something out. Even if it's like, hey, man, I maybe they don't want to learn, but if someone just sets it up and shows them as an example run, yeah, then just, they will want to learn because they'll say, wow, I made five million sats yeah. for one night. See, so demonstrate a use case and then say, hey, you see this fucking pile? You, like your split could be in this and you could decide what it is. Exactly. And then artists would actually want to play here. Bingo. Okay, everyone wants to play at Grinders, but you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Give them more incentive. Uh, I'm incentivized to hear a little bit of... Top 333. All right. All right. It was a quiet week with the holidays, which is nice. I saw a story that um, 10 teenagers were among the mothers who gave birth to 33 Christmas Day babies 
at Limpopo Hospital. That's in South Africa. Oh, one hospital, 33 babies. That's right. I like how they call out the teen moms there. And, you know, honestly, we live in such a ass-backward world. Your teenage body is ready and fully capable of making a baby. <laughs> how dare and they? honestly, probably uh, will bounce back a little easier and better for it. Mm. <laughs> It's not my opinion. I think this is science, dude. Wow. Okay. Nothing to say there. I just, I, I just understand what a fucking thorn bush the topic is. You know, like, yeah. Obviously, just looking back, I could have started once your earlier. Body starts working, it works. You know. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? Like, what if? You know. We just have to keep raising generations to be stronger and smarter and more in tune with nature. Yeah. And Bitcoin, you know, technologically savvy. In a way that we were not raised, even though our older elders in our families think that we're techno wizards. Right. We're not. Wow, you tap button on screen so good, I can hardly see button to tap on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm command lining for the first time in my life as an adult. That's embarrassing. It's shameful. My kid is going to command line at the age of seven. You should be running CD commands as the first thing you learn on a computer. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to get better. It can and only, you know, I would hope. Yeah, I saw this horrible statistic about divorce over Christmas, which oh. I guess, you know, holidays are a time when you start to, you might feel a little empty in some spaces and whatever. And that, sure. and statistics are probably all bullshit, but this one said that 93% of marriages end in divorce these days. Cripes. And I thought, well, maybe that's just people who had weddings. <laughs> and then we can narrow it down, you know, like, like as well, we have a real, the government recognizes our marriage, but no one else in our families do, let's be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and, but I just thought, well, it can only go, it can only get better from here. That's a pretty low bar to set. I think so. So. Anyways, God, I hope so. We're raising the next generation to be better than us, which, hey. Makes me shudder to think what worse looks like. Yeah. Anyway. This next headline made me shudder at first, and then I read the story. It's kind of nice, kind of dark. The headline read, How Feeding Calves Helped This 33-Year-Old Farm Mother Recover from a Devastating Brain Tumor. This was a feature story published on AgWeb, and this mom had four kids between the ages of 6 and 12 at the time of her brain tumor diagnosis when she was 33. Um... At the time, they had 600 dairy cows on their farm, and she just kept getting migraines. And one day, it was so bad, she had to go to the emergency room, and they found the tumor in her frontal lobe, uh, which affects short-term memory. Mm-hmm. So, you know, blame it on the weed, but it could be a fucking term- tumor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she had surgery to remove it on her 34th birthday, and then became, you know, she started the long healing process. And what her husband found, the best occupational therapy for her was having a repetitive daily task. And on a farm, there's plenty of those. And for her, it was feeding the calves. Ah. So she started doing that a year after her surgery. And it's now 20 years later. This is what really Holy baffled me about the whole moly. thing. She's retired. They've grown the farm in acreage and cows. Now Almost doubled it. They have 1,100 cows now. And she just manages some of the book work, but she's able to because, you know, she was able to work her brain and heal it after that crazy surgery, getting the tumor out. Got to work that brain. 
So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, isn't that weird that they use 33 in the headline, a 33-year-old mom? Well, she's actually 54 now, and the event <laughs> that the article is about happened when she was 34. That's fantastic. Yes, quite the gymnastics the journalists are pulling here. They got to get you reading it. Yeah, they and got it on the bowl. By you, I mean you, Lorian. I know. Good job, Agweb. I saw you. I see you. You're in my show notes. And my final story for the top 333 tonight. Uh, it comes from New York State, where a Suffolk daycare was cited for 33 state violations in a six-month period. Yikes. People pay to send their kids there. <laughs> And people pay like as much as they make at their job to send their kids there. It's true. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah. Some of those, the most recent violations included a teacher using a phone for personal use when they're supposed to be watching the kids. Children left without competent supervision, which, you know, why did they get paid? They have one job at a daycare. It's to watch the kids because right. they're kids and they are dumb. Because they're trying to explore their surroundings yeah. and figure it out. Yeah. You, you only know what you know. And you don't know what you don't know. And kids don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much all of it. Yeah. And then there was a medical statement that wasn't submitted, even though it was required by state law. Neat. Whoopsie. There's a horrible story in the article about a woman finding out her child had been abused at the daycare when Ugh. CPS came knocking on her door and showed her a video of it. That's fucked. So, yeah, and, and that's all. Her son was four, so he didn't have the wherewithal to say, you know, Mom, I don't think they treat me right there. He's yeah. four. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's, he's just like, I don't like daycare. Yeah, exactly. Basically. And so, yeah. But it's not like you have other daycare experiences to compare it to. That's just like what happens when you go to daycare. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are you going to do? So, they also didn't have enough qualified teachers on duty, but... It's all bad. Yeah. And this isn't a one-off story, you know. You hear horror stories about daycares and nursing homes all the time. And Cust I hate it. Custodial child rearing. Mm. Or custodial parental care. You're going to get wrecked. You know, we got to go back to the generational homes. Don't you think? I, I think it's a piece of the puzzle. Come on, Pop. <laughs> I've only got the bowl to offer you. I don't think it's a great place for you to stay forever, but I guess you could take the chicken coop with maybe, Hey Citizen. <laughs> maybe long-term plans. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, my short-term plan is to head behind the curtain now. I like that short-term plan. I'm right behind you. Yeah. This is uh, my favorite part of the show. It's it's really what started the show. All the weed talk. That's true, yeah. Uh, when Bowl After Bowl was first conceived. Yeah. Many moons ago. Yeah, it was all about uh, the legalization fever. Yeah. And we were so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and naive. and We had some cool guests. You had some cool guests. I was a guest on Bull After Bull. I remember, yeah, episode four. <laughs> Yay, an even number. And, yeah, that's the story. Now we're here. Now we talk about Bitcoin and people are like, <laughs> I thought this show was about bowling. And we're like, wait, just wait till hour three. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a short segment tonight. Okay. Um, the dusty man in the White House signed the National Defense Authorization Act. And I haven't combed through the hundreds of pages anymore. Um, you know, 
over the holidays. Right. I, I know, shocker. I didn't want to read. You and the rest of Congress, this babe. Fiscal. Yeah, but at least they get paid <laughs> to yeah. do that. Yeah. They get paid to not do that. If someone gave me some value specifically for reading the whole thing, I would. But I did comb through it enough to see, oh, hey, it got signed in in the $886 billion to be spent next year. Some of that money will be going toward clinical trials to see if psilocybin and MDMA can help vets with their PTSD and traumatic brain injuries. And that's great. Yeah. You know. Put the plant medicine in the hands of researchers and scientists. And what can go wrong? Hopefully they discover what we already know. Yeah, it works. It helps. It can help, yeah. It helps. And hopefully they don't decide to just pull, you know, components out of it at a molecular level and place them into pills. Yeah, how can we patent this shit? Exactly. But I've seen the story before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see you, Marinol. It's hard to, it's hard to have high hopes. Yeah, well, you know what? Someone's getting a great paycheck off of this. And go. they get to play with MDMA and psilocybin and maybe help some folks who have served for us. Yeah. I like money, though. Yeah, they do, too. Biden also issued a proclamation after commuting 11 nonviolent drug offender sentences. And this proclamation he made expands on what he said last year. Now, about the same time last year, he pardoned anyone with a federal simple possession of marijuana case. Mm -hmm. Or if you were in D.C. and you had a simple possession case. All in all, it was about 1,100 people. Which, hey, that's great for them. Although a presidential pardon is not as good as an expungement, it's a blanket over your record that says, yeah. yes, I have this on my record, but I've been pardoned by the president. It's like an asterisk by your conviction. Exactly. But yeah. the conviction still is there. Yep. Forever. Now, he would like to pardon anyone who was caught on federal property okay. with weed. Just like scouring the dark for the little. It's a step in the right yes. direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Well, it's some kind of step because he found, I guess, 11 people where this happened, huh? Those weren't from this part, and that was unrelated. Oh, okay. Those were just nonviolent drug offenses, not even necessarily for pot. Sure. Um, But here, yes, he issued a proclamation pardoning uh, possession and use of marijuana. Under federal and D.C. law. So uh, if it's truly for use and not limited somehow somewhere that I'm seeing, because we also know how the dusty man speaks. Right. And I'm reading his words. He said he expunged everybody when he didn't. He did not. Yes, that's correct. Who knows? Um, Not the safest guy to take it his word. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure there's at least a thousand people this applies to just for, you know. Getting caught at the White House with some pot in your pocket. (laughs) Happens all the time. I'm sure he knows many such cases. So, I don't know. uh, We'll see. I don't have a list or anything. You know, the Associated Press, which is the true wire, you know, from I've got the statement from the White House in my show notes. And then the first person to publish an article about it is the Associated Press. And their journalist just went haywire saying, oh, 
thousands have been impacted by this. And I had to scratch my head and say, you know, citation needed. Can we see because them? Can we check their hands? I'm not sure I see the difference between this proclamation and the last one. Okay. Proclamation will pardon additional offenses of simple possession and use under federal. I don't know. It, it, the And use is where more are going to come in. But that seems so vague. Yeah. And last time it was just simple possession at a federal level. Right. Any federal case, any federal possession case for weed only. Yeah. And let it be known that no one was freed from prison last year with the proclamation or this time around. It's really, it might help people find a place to rent if they weren't able to with a weed conviction or get a job if they weren't able to with a weed conviction. Although I do truly feel that society is calming down on the reefer madness, but you never know, you know, you gotta, you gotta pardon now. And senior advisors had an email that was published on the white house website regarding uh, this proclamation and their email was about uh, well, here's the title of the email. I'll just read it. The Biden-Harris agenda delivered meaningful progress to black and Latino communities in 2023. And so, yeah, they did it for you. They did it for your votes. Nice. Black and Latino communities. They said the M word, marijuana, and they put a little, you know, pardon, blanket pardon over it. <laughs> and it's just for you. And hope it helps. Although, <laughs> you know... A, 1,100 people so far that I know of that got helped. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <sighs> yeah, I was just... Uh, I put no faith in the system. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. And speaking of why I would put no faith in the system, Mississippi is going nuts right now with their medical pot as an anonymous tip came in uh, saying that one of the labs that's supposed to test all the medical pot products yeah. was not conducting proper procedures for detecting pesticides. Oh, Lord. And they, were, they named and shamed a certain lab, Rapid Analytics. But it just so happens that Rapid Analytics is responsible for 70% of the products on their market. So the majority of the market goes through this one lab. Why? Because of license caps and a lack of a free market. And because of this complaint, the Mississippi State Department of Health has had to place an administrative hold on all of the products that went through the lab. That means 70% of the legal medical pot is now untouchable, unfuckwithable. Why? Because of an anonymous tip that came in it's bullshit yeah well and that that goes to the single point of failure type shit too you know yep because we have to track sale to seed because we have to get testing and because each of those activities can only be done by one sanctioned hand-picked entity you have no competition and you have a single point of failure it's stupid it's not how any sane uh economy would operate seriously and speaking of Insane economies uh, in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul vetoed another bill. This one would have allowed pot farmers to sell their products to tribal 
weed retailers. I guess it's not allowed. She doesn't want to see it. No explanation as to her veto there. She hates the tribes. I don't know. Also in New York, they are facing another lawsuit, and you know what that means? Licensing on hold, once again, because a wannabe retailer of for weed is claiming that the state residency requirements are unconstitutional. And we have seen this battle go down in every legal state, pretty much. Yeah. And it's all under the name of social equity. And finally, for my behind-the-curtain segment tonight, in Ukraine, the parliament has approved their medical pot bill, and it has been sent to President Zelensky's desk. Oh, boy. So we'll see if he signs it for the next bowl. Be uh, getting bombed in Ukraine legally, eh? Uh, speaking of very legal, we have a nice little trucker out there. He's Sir Rev Cyber Trucker, and he sends in a fancy little Mel moment every week. And this week is no exception. We've got one hot and ready. Yeah, let's hear it. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. To close out 2023, I decided to go with a band from Japan. Formed in 2015, Hanabi is a quartet of young ladies from Tokyo, Japan. Incorporating elements of metalcore, hardcore punk, new metal, hip-hop, and electronica, Hanabi is heavily influenced by another Japanese band, Maximum the Hormone. Initially a cover band, they self-produced their first single in 2016. From their 2021 self-produced first studio album, Girls Reform Manifest, this is Hanabi. We love sweets. Sugar and sweets. No doubt. I love them. That was great. That was high energy. Yeah, and that's cool. You can definitely hear the maximum the hormone influence there. Because they've got the sing-songy part and the hardcore metal. Mm. Pig squeal. 
<laughs> parts you can sing and dance to, and parts you can mosh to. Got a little bit of everything. A bunch of ladies, too. You love it. Love to see it. And you love to see Rev Cybertrucker and all his adventures. You can follow him on noenginesocial.com, at Rev Cybertrucker, from any non-blocked Mastodon instance. How about that? That's right. Or Pleroma, or uh, what's the spook on again? MK Miss, dots. Miss Key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. You know, Fediverse, man. It's a weird, wild world. You can do a lot of things from a lot of other things. Uh, and that is the direction that the internet's been going. Back to the good old days where, you know, people ran their own shit. Yeah, wild and free. And then you can associate freely with or without them. That's right. Like, almost like a free little world, you know? What a concept. God, I can't believe how it came to this, how, you know, you had bullets and boards and different servers out there you could ping and go specific places. And then you had the websites, you know, where you'd still have to go to somebody's website. And now it's like... There's six major social media networks, and you have to have a fucking separate account on all of them to be, you know, a regular person. Nah, that's stupid. That's a totally shit design. Yeah. I'm so glad to see people moving away from that. Uh, GeoCities, Angel Fire. I remember. Oh, my goodness. Them's was the days. Now you have me typing in GeoCities into the URL bar. Thanks. For that ultimate distraction. Uh, thanks to you for all the bowlers sliding in to the communication lines that uh, are possible to interact with at 816-607-3663. We're talking about the first time I ever went to an office Christmas party. The, 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 first, time. the, 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 the first time I ever. And uh, we've got some people saying some things about it. Uh... The first time they ever went to an office Christmas party. People are saying things about it, eh? Indeed, indeed. Uh, text line, uh, I'm not sure when. Oh, looks like just earlier tonight. Text line let us know. My wife went the uh, wrong way in a hotel. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I hope you're able to locate your wife, texter. <laughs> text us if you find her. Texter's wife, go the right way. Yeah. Come on, texter's wife. Always go the right way. Never go the wrong way. And if you're totally lost, you can put your left hand on the wall and just keep following it, and eventually you'll get where you gotta go. Yes. Or at least come upon some doors. Uh, I came upon a caller in the voicemail line. We're talking about first time office Christmas party. You know, offices, they always have the holiday party. Uh, a lot of times it's after the holidays when things have calmed down, finger wag. Mm. Uh, but not always. Just depends. This caller knows. Little thing I think about parties in an office. Hey, hey, happy boxing day! Happy boxing day! Um, gloves on right here. How Christmas was fun <laughs> for you guys, so yeah. Um, let's just say, well, technically, I've never been to an office Christmas party because uh, I've never worked like specifically in an office. Okay, I have though been to work parties. Okay, that counts. That counts. Um, it's the same thing. Christmas work parties. Splitting in hairs the first here. Ever. Um, <laughs> can't remember one hundred percent. One was I remember oh, one nice uh, with one of the jobs I can think of. Well, That's a good sign. Was, uh, like going out to eat, you know, a restaurant, or, yeah, just a restaurant kind of deal because uh, it's a small enough crew. And then um, I don't remember if that was for Christmas or that was just something. 
um, and then did it again um, just at the boss's house kind of deal. And because uh, again, it's just not a lot of people uh, that were at that at that place of employment. So yeah, just just chill like, and which was you know all cool and stuff and whatnot, and uh, see, see their family. And I already I already actually knew my boss at the time, but uh, and kind of knew his family. But you know, just kind of cool little deal. And uh, you know, children children laid back and obviously budget friendly when you when we got like less than a dozen people. Um, yeah. So, anywho, that was the first one. <laughs> Intimate and, party. Uh, I had some others. It's not, nothing, nothing, uh, not too much, but, uh, uh, actually, I did one where, like, it was like a hotel deal, and, uh, so they had a big old, like, did some stuff, and they were part of that, the hotel, so we got to do, like, a big old, that was, that was I guess, pretty big Christmas party. Kind of funny thing that was like we were setting up some of the stuff for the Christmas party, so that was kind of like a little odd. But anyhow, I'm mean, just looking pay you, so cool. Um, and I've been the same job anyway. It doesn't matter. And then I had another one where they had like a casino night, so they they tail uh, they piggybacked off another thing that like somebody did for something or other, and we they did like a casino night, you know, got like the office or something. Like mm. the show of the office, but uh, yeah. So anywho, there's those. All right, love you guys. Dan Delorean, Sir Spencer, love you guys. Stay dangerous. Hey, love you. Oh, good call. Go running. <laughs> go running. That Kaka ran away uh, with him. I it think. did. Or from him, or to him, or in him. I'm not sure. Kaka right out into the ether. Right in the ether. Thanks, Christopher Battles. Yeah, Christopher Battles. He's always trying to. Unjustly disqualify his own F ties. <laughs> yeah, What's Christmas party at the place you work. You know, it doesn't have to be in a cubicle. Mine's not. I doubt yours is either, huh? Mm, well. Can you reach back and think what was the first Christmas party you went to? The cr- first cr- work? First off, a work office Christmas party. Okay, well, it wasn't for my work. It was for my grandparents' work. Does uh, this count? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Well, yes, here it does. we go. So both of my grandparents at one point in their lives worked at the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigations in Boston, and I got to go to one of their office parties, which was weird and horrible. I remember <laughs> it, it wasn't horrible. I'm just an only child, <gasps> and I don't know how to interact yeah. uh, with other kids. And sure. so I was fine talking to adults, and like everyone just... Talks to the kids like they ought to work there when they're older. Oh yeah, it's all like, oh, you're here. Like there was one room, Santa was there. It's a constant grooming mission. Yeah, Santa was there at the FBI. Oh god, and I took a picture with him. So I've got a picture. How do you get that much coal in the building? (laughs) You know, it's a magical sack he carries around. Okay, yeah, we yeah. But I've got a picture with Santa, and it's got the. Fed logo in the background and the American flag on one side of him. Oh man! And, and I'm not smiling. <laughs> it's not a very holly jolly <laughs> photo. Because to get in that building, you can't already is like horrifying. Yeah, you have to go through. The, I always hated revolving doors mm-hmm. as a kid. I was afraid I was going to get stuck. Then you have to go up from a you know secret parking lot kind of feeling thing where it's not secret. You have to have a passcode and a card to get sure. in there. Got to have the passcode. 
in a car to get into the elevator. And yeah. then when you get up to the top, someone has to ring you in. It's like, what the? how do you do this all the time? And then, of course, there's metal detectors, weird, like, just white everything. You know, sterile, federal environment. Mm. And then it's a cube farm. Interesting. Of course. Like, it's the office up there and uh, where the agents were. It's all just, it's a cube farm, essentially, until they're out in the field. But when they're not in the field at the office, they're just working in a cubicle. And so I saw lots of Dilbert comics. I remember that. (laughs) And I remember reading them as a child thinking, that's not funny at all. (laughs) (laughs) And now as an adult, after working in a cube farm for a minute myself, when I worked at a law firm, I think it's pretty hysterical and spot on. You have to work at a cube farm to get it, but then you get it too much. You got to go down to that fifth level of hell. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. And I remember... I remember trying on a bulletproof vest for the first time that night. Oh, hardcore. And it was very heavy. I remember that. Because mm. <laughs> they don't make kid-sized ones. <laughs> so they were like, hey, you're a little girl. It'd be funny to put this on you. And I was like, holy shit. Well, get it off now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and other than that, my my memories are pretty foggy. Maybe they flashed the X-Men pen in front of my eyes. I just remember... And I feel like there was punch, but not a lot. Like, there were refreshments, but not a lot. And it was not holly jolly, like I said. But that's, you know, environmental. You can only be as holly and jolly as the environment. And a cube farm in Boston is certainly not that. No. And work, in general, for a lot of places. Especially the feds. Yeah. Yeah, not the most holly jolly. No. And do you know what's hilarious? What? My jobs, uh, I've either left them before the holiday party or been unable to attend the holiday party. <laughs> or just or didn't now have I'm a them freelancer. Like a, so, yeah. We lovely Wendy's. You know, oh, experience. yeah. Well, I was probably, you know, working yeah. on Christmas. Yeah, exactly. See, I was thinking that too of like Christmas part. So I think, um, I think that uh, Pizza Hut had one mm. way back. I was just still in high school. The pizza in my hometown. So I never had a fast food one anywhere else. I did a couple of fast food stints early on, as you do. Uh, as hopefully you don't have to do, but you know. Yeah. They did a little gift exchange. It was no big cheese, and I don't even really remember it super crisply clearly. Because I was thinking over, like, wow, all of the different places I worked, and it's been... Like grocery stores, construction, etc. There's not really like a Christmas party get together. Um, when I was in construction, they would do a thing during the summer because you know in Christmas you're just like not really working anyway in construction, or at least not much, definitely not as much. But uh, all the way up to that, it was a total blank until the coffee shop. Mm, as, far yeah. as, as far as Christmas parties go, now I did work at a number of bars. But those don't really count either. Like, you're just working the bar, and it is on Christmas, so you do Christmas shit for your customers. But that's not an office Christmas party. Well, the bar closes, and you keep partying. Yeah, it's every night, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? True. There was nothing that we did differently on Christmas other than decorations. Maybe drink specials. But it was just another day at the bar, you know? Another day running the bar. You gotta be open on Christmas, you know, for all those people that don't have... uh, families or whatever yeah, don't lonely. have a place to go on christmas like and the ta- the regular townies yeah the owner of 
the fugue was very insistent on that. I get it. And you'd always but, get a couple, you know? Yeah, exactly. At least. So. And they appreciate it. It's a certain vibe, you know? Definitely. Uh, this next caller brings a certain vibe. Bowlers! Boleritas! Bolerinos! Boleros! Feliz Navidad! Merry Christmas! Y tu también! And happy Bolmas! Budmas! And um, holidaymas, Dolstmas. Dolstmas, I love you guys. Love you, Fletch. And uh, the topic was the first time I ever went to an office Christmas party. That's the one. The one and only time I ever went to an office Christmas party. Ooh. I was working, let's see what year was this, had to have been like 2004. And uh, I was working at like a call center place. That I hated. Oh god! We had to call people and try and sell for them those while. fucking sheriff's uh, office badges that, like, hmm. you know, I, I honestly don't remember the point of it. Like, why <laughs> people would have paid ten dollars for some sheriff's association badge sticker? Anyway, it was an awful job, like cold calling people from the phone book, and um, they had a Christmas party. And uh, I uh, didn't really want to go, but I decided to because there was this chick there that I thought was fucking smoking hot. Like, nice. She just had that look. You could tell, like, she smoked weed. She listened <laughs> to cult music. She uh, probably went bowling. Hey. She definitely had tattoos uh, that weren't always visible. Nice. But I got a sneak peek of a tramp stamp one time. Um, <laughs> and it was at it was at the place, which was like um it was such a weird it was like it was an old old hotel or something, like a motel actually. Mm. Everything was just one level. Um and then they converted it to like office spaces. So it was in this motel and it was just in another one of the rooms there. And uh, it was fucking lame. <laughs> I did take some seeds with me and plant them in the, uh, they had like this little flower bed and this middle like hallway room that had a skylight in it. And so it had stuff growing in there. And uh, I put seeds in that Christmas night. And nice. uh, I think I stayed there probably a couple more months uh, and they, they were sprouting by the time I left. Nice. And I didn't tell anybody or do anything about it. <laughs> there you go. A little Johnny but Potts the, At the Christmas party, it was like typical white Santa gifts and then all the... Uh-oh. Chopped off by white Santa himself. Mm. Hold on. We got to follow up. It's okay. <laughs> so somebody was rambling. Oh. Uh, Rambler anyway. detected. So it was like typical stuff there. The white Santa gifts the fucking typical Christmas party food trays and whatnot, a punch bowl. And um, I brought a flask of vodka on my own. And then uh, someone had definitely put something like triple sec or something in the fucking punch. And um, so we were all like pretty loose and, um, my boss was like, 
a crotchety old lady. And um, I couldn't tell if she liked me or not, like, at all. Mm. But I was talking to that chick that I was wanting to hook up with. Mm. And the crotchety old lady boss must have been like, oh, this motherfucker's trying to get laid. <laughs> and uh, she was, like, pretty sauced up and comes over and starts just, like, but she butted in on the conversation. But then she flats out like she's, like, talking shit. Uh, she straight up said, like, oh, why are you trying to get her to suck your dick? And I, was, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I'm not trying to keep her from sucking my dick. I was, like, 20, 19 or 20. <laughs> and she wouldn't let up. And then that oh, other chick, she was, like, real weirded out, too. We were, like, looking at each other, like, what? I was like, we were, we were just talking. And the the lady, again, was like, I think you're going to get laid. What do you got to do? You probably got a small dick anyway. And, like, straight up grabs my junk. What the fuck? Just grabs it. Wow. And, again, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, oh. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're not doing nothing with that. And then kind of, you know, dammered off somewhere else. Me and that chick looked at each other like, what the fuck was that about? And then... That's pretty much that. I don't remember much else. I got really stoned and like, <laughs> nice. Just left. I was like, bye. And didn't like have a chance. Didn't give anybody a chance to say bye back. I just walked back in and was like, bye. And then left. And, uh, I'm anticlimactic into that story. Mm. And an old lady grabbed my junk. And I never even thought of pressing charges. I'm President Charlie. <laughs> I'm President Charlie. Yeah. I'm President Charlie. I'm Damn. President Charlie. Yeah, man, little grope action. <laughs> the first Christmas office party in which Fletcher gets sexually assaulted. Uh, yeah, that old lady was just trying to fuck you herself. Some hope for a grope, but from the office crotchety old? Nope. <laughs> indeed. Crotchety indeed. Wow, you weren't kidding. So you brought up the first Christmas party of uh, your adult life, which I went to with you. Yeah. But... Twice I went to Christmas parties at the coffee shop, and they kind of blur together for me. Yeah. But they were big deal events. Yeah, it was That all, was an event. Yeah, it was like very flexy. It was pretty cool. Like, ooh, we put on a show. Shall yeah. we discuss it? Well, they had Quixotic perform, which are like the local circus kid troupe. Yeah, modern circus with the aerial silks and... And like the, what do you call it? It's not quite burlesque, it's a... Uh, Cabaret. Sure. It's a take on it for sure. And uh, hula hoops. Hula hoops and a uh, guy with a trumpet because that's what he plays, you know, like that kind <laughs> of stuff. And they're playing like EDM underneath it all. Womp, 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 womp. Yeah. Yep, and yep, the yep. lights were low and there was a buffet, like a big buffet. Big, nice food. Yeah, from local hot spots. And a liquor Probably buffet. Probably barbecue. That's the liquor good thing buffet, about yeah. a good office party. They'll just like jam you full of liquor. I, right. I always wonder what the strategy is about that. You know what I mean? Blackmail. Maybe. Because I know when I worked at the law firm, I never made it to the Christmas party because I was out on maternity leave and I did not come back. <laughs> uh, but everyone always referenced the Christmas party. And, oh, you know, this attorney and that attorney, they don't talk because they fucked in front of everyone at the office party. 
Nice. Or, you know, like, oh, she got caught under the table with this guy. Or, yeah, they're a husband and wife and they work here together, but she was kissing that lady over there. There's nothing stronger than having it be done in front of a crowd. That's right. Oh, she got so drunk she puked in the elevator. Like, just these horrors. <laughs> Everything that can go wrong <laughs> went wrong at the holiday party, sure. apparently. And so everyone was looking forward to it, if only to talk shit about everyone else. Of course. And have something to hold against them. Oh, my goodness. I saw what you did at the last office holiday party. <laughs> That's how it felt. It's also, it was a law firm, so it's already pretty dark in there. Yeah. Sucking souls. Me, oh my. Me, oh my. Not enough sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just sucking the souls out of people. <sighs> yeah. I escaped. Good for you. But honey. yeah, your your Christmas party, that was fun though, at the coffee shop. Yeah. Except for middle management was a bunch of twats in the second time around. <laughs> well, I was kind of at war with you them were, and winning hard. So. Yeah, yeah. And you were about I, to get out of there. I was an easy guy to be mad at that per- particular it was time. Like we walked in and no one even looked at us yeah. the whole time. But, you know, got to pick out on barbecue yep. and feed the whole all the kids. <laughs> I RSVP'd with a shirt size and they didn't give me one. Oh, that was pretty fucked up. Absolutely snubbed. Yeah, snubbed. That's the word. Mm-hmm. You had some friends who were coworkers, though. So that I, was. I cool. like the ones at my work now a lot better. Yeah, and the liquor still flows. So hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's really. That. And it's a. It's smaller, the bottom line, really. It's Come a on. smaller gathering. Yes. So more brotherly. Oh, brotherly! What are we doing for the next uh, brotherly FSI? Mm. My brother. Something about the new year. How about what uh, first time you ever kept a resolution? Oh, I like that one. First time you ever kept a New Year's resolution. Okay. I'll update the topic now. You better give us a call at 816-607-3663 about the first time you ever kept a resolution. Just a resolution or a New Year resolution? You can leave it as a resolution. I think it's implied, okay. but it doesn't. Like yeah. Nothing's disqualified. We already know that. It's true. Well, I guess there's only one thing left to do now. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. This is what the listeners want. This is what the listeners come here for. That's right. We we are a bowling show, after all. My first story comes with a clip. Oh, boy. And it also comes from Kansas. When my wife started singing, of course, a few church members went with her, but the crowd started forming and everyone started singing. It brought so much joy to me where I paused for a second. I began to weep because seeing people come out of the register and I'm literally everybody just stopped. Kelly and Esther Lord pastor here at the Cure Church. On Sunday, Esther had a wise idea to spread the Christmas cheer here at this Kansas City, Kansas Walmart, not for their own gain, but simply to pass out a little hope. I wanted just to do something sporadically in a sense, but also with a a purpose. So her and her husband and 60 parishioners came here and began singing Christmas carols (laughs) and began to minister through song. I was overwhelmed to see the response. You don't know if someone's going to, how they're going to respond to this, but when I seen employees crying, 
people that were there shopping, stopping. Before they knew it, a crowd had grown. Workers pausing their shifts to witness this amazing and organic moment. Uh -huh. We all know that there's been a lot of craziness going on in the world, and you see a lot of videos in department stores of fights and arguments and, and hate. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and we wanted to bring peace there. The two hope that the people in this Walmart on that day walked out with a little more joy, some peace, and better than when they came in. Be the light. Be the light for the world, wherever you're at. Um, have a good attitude. And what a truly amazing moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed that people caroled. Amazed that people... During Christmas, that's beautiful. Got peas at Walmart. Peas at Walmart, Prince of Peas. And it's not Jeff Begay's. Oh, my Tell God. That's I was going to say, reporter. you pick the perfect reporters every time. Yeah. I, I initially laughed because the way he said, carols. Yeah. Like a fucking robot. <sighs> Journalists are weird, dude. Christmas carols. They're not sending their best, that's like, for sure. Like, dude, do you have to yuck it up that fucking hard, really? Yeah. In <laughs> It's a wholesome message, though. Hey, at least there's a wholesome message every I once in a while. am happy to see carolers anywhere. Yes. And Valmart is a place where everyone and their mom goes, and you gotta, you know, yeah. you don't gotta go there, but they're a lot really, of people do. They're really trying to massage this whole unplanned, organic, uh, sporadic that. nature of the event, though, I must say. That, that like, was what mm, rubbed me wrong here, where they're like... Yeah, it's uh, organic, except for we planned it so that 60 people would be doing it It's organic, together. so what we did is we planned for a certain day, and what we said, you know, at our weekly meeting each week was like, okay, we're going to email all of the news outlets in the area that we're going <laughs> to do this sporadic thing sporadically on the, you know, 23rd. Yeah, and it made its way around social media. Yeah. Nationwide. We're going to go viral. That's Before the, yes, we're going to go viral. I can tell you, this is the fucking <laughs> first statement of the meeting, like, okay, so we need a way to go viral. During Christmas. Yeah. Like herpes. It's just like, that's fine. That's what you do. But why don't you just be honest about that part? Yeah, exactly. You know, sporadically. We just did it sporadically, like out of the blue sporadically, pretty much. You in know? planning. Like, there was so much cope in there about it. Yeah. Like, you could have just and not said anything about it. The worst part is that the journalists left that in the media package. Oh, they doubled down you on know? it. Yeah, yeah, they doubled down The on guy it. did a read about it. Yeah. Out of the blue, out of nowhere. Carolers up here. Hateful. But it is nice. And yeah, I'm sure that more people joined in. Because how can you not? It's cool. Yeah. And it's cool that that happened. We don't get carolers in the hood. It was a strike after all. We don't even get carolers at the hood Walmart. This is Kansas City, Kansas after all. Mm -hmm. By legends. Oh, okay. This is the Walmart by legends. This is the money Walmart. <laughs> we should go to that Walmart. Well, we've been there. I mean, yeah. Tour day Walmart. Again. Yeah, sure. They got better deals at the hood Walmart. the good clearance rack. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, we thank you, hood Walmart. Oh, well, a couple days before the big night, the big man himself, Santa Claus, was spotted kayaking in the Florida Keys. Now, that's a spot. Yeah, I saw it everywhere. Oh, Big guy had to get some vitamin C. Ocean people are so fucking annoying. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Eh. Yeah. I moved away from the ocean. Y'all are annoying as shit. 
you'll go to like a better place. No, doesn't matter the fucking coast, pick one. Mm-hmm. You'll go to a better place and you'll be like, oh, I love it here so much. Except there's no ocean. Except there's no ocean. Well, there's something about the tide coming in and out. The ocean's cool, man. I've been there many times over my life. Yeah. It's cool. I've seen the Atlantic. I've seen the Pacific. You can still get to it. I've seen the Lake of the Ozarks. It's just as good for me. (laughs) (laughs) There are big bodies of water out there, man. I'm not a water person. Oh, and the rivers. The rivers are wild. The rivers are wild. That's right. It's true. But anyways, yeah, Santa was kayaking. They came from the hills. They came from the mountains. They came out of the rivers. I think it's great. I think, you know, you got to exercise. Absolutely. And you got to do it in a fun way because if it's not fun, you're not going to fucking do it. Yeah. And so for him, it's kayaking. And you got some sunlight. You got some warmth. Got some energy pumped up, ready to go for the big night. Staying fit. I was... So tickled because this year our oldest was very concerned Santa was going to get diabetes. That's right. From all of those sweets that he eats all night. Yeah. She told all the grandparents about her concern. <laughs> After baking so, cookies with you. So hilarious. And leaving the milk out. Yeah. First thing on the phone call, even <laughs> with my grandma, she's like, yeah, but you know, just like maybe we shouldn't put cookies out because he could get diabetes. <laughs> I'm just a little worried. <laughs> It's a legitimate concern. It is. For anyone other than Santa. Yeah, that's what we explained. But it's a lot of cookies. Yeah. That's a lot of cookies in one night. Oof. But, you know, he's a magic man. Oh, there was some Christmas magic uh, in another Florida story this week. Oh. A delivery driver was dropping off some packages. Maybe presents. We don't know. When all of a sudden, they were chased by an inflatable decoration. Please be a nutcracker. Please be a nutcracker. It was a gingerbread man with oh, a Santa so hat. Oh, so close. Very close. And I'll accept it. That sucker sprinted right at the delivery driver, chased him all the way back to their van. <laughs> and in the video, the driver is like, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> because it was the homeowner. She inflated herself into the inflatable just to scare the delivery driver. Wow. Just to prank him. Yeah. Some people have too much time and money on their hands, it seems. <laughs> the video of her... <laughs> Can I borrow, like, some of it? <laughs> time or money, I'll take both. I won't pay it back, but I'd like to borrow it. Yeah. like Forever. Of course, uh, there's a video component to this, and, uh, and part of it shows the homeowner inflating the co- the thing around herself. It's not a costume, it's a decoration. So it shows her, like, getting into it and then inflating it. Wow. And that process... It had to take like 15 minutes, you know? Oh, sure. And you got to stand there in I've that weird it, fan. Just laying on the ground as it puffs up. Like, <laughs> you're pathetic, not about that, dude. Are you? You're not about that. Are oh, you? no. You know, that is uh, not yeah, my name of the game. Be, you wouldn't be caught dead doing something like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a prankster either. <laughs> I know you. Yeah, are. yeah. I think uh, that the claustrophobia I, of being in that thing would probably. I don't. I am claustrophobic. Bamboozle you. I also hate balloons, and that means I hate things that inflate. Yeah, there's a lot coming together there that you would just not be about. My almonds are thoroughly activated and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I am now a trigger warning. <laughs> like, yeah, that puts me into a bad spot. <laughs> and I'm not going to put myself there because I love myself. Bet. Oh, and this oh, next story is a bad spot. Georgia man. Uh-oh. 
day before Christmas, working his job at the quarry. Oh, no. When he became trapped under tons and tons of gravel in a gravel hopper. 15 feet down. He's 30 years old. So the firefighters show up, and there was a second collapse that occurred on top of him. Oh, God. So he was trapped. Um, They could hear him, but they couldn't see him. And they just started shoveling, shoveling the gravel off of him. And, you know, they get lots of calls like this, and they don't end well. Try not to bonk me while you're shoveling. Oh, my God. Or And for him, you know, try not to suffocate because you're trapped under all this gravel. Yeah. And I'm sure you can't move anything. So Sucking in soot. Clearing gravel away from your mouth. Right. And he's screaming for his life. But it was a Christmas miracle. They were able to save him. Oh, goodness. And... They said he was quite the fighter because as soon as they got to him, he was lifting his neck up. And they said they've never seen anyone just like fighting that hard. You know, they're usually, if they're going to live, they're unconscious or badly busted and broken. Goddamn. And he was like, fuck, no, I'm going to live. 30 years old. Yeah, he got a lot left. He's got other plans. Yeah. Big guy's got plans for you, sir. Good Lord. And they said to him, you're going to be spending Christmas with your family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. He goes straight to the boats, man. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Family who? (laughs) He probably went straight to the hospital, but you know, (laughs) he made it out alive. And uh, that's great. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. Wholesome. Now, this next story uh, is kind of a callback to the first one. There was a pastor in Arizona who was preaching on the streets. It's Christmas time. It's Jesus' birthday. So you might want to share the story of Jesus and whatnot. Good time to be out preaching the good word. Well, someone didn't think that he should be doing that. And they decided to shoot him in the head. Because people are fucking horrible. Fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck your freedom of speech is what the gunman thought, I suppose. This is what I will never understand. How does someone preaching on the street at all affect you? If you were that affected, you feel the need to kill them, you have a very big problem, my friend. Right, yeah. Holy shit. Now, I brought the story to the lanes tonight because we have another Christmas miracle. Oh, boy. He was shot in the head, but he is awake out of his coma, and he was able to hold his baby boy and wave to his baby girl. He's got two babies, and I mean little. They were both under three for sure. And they said he's not talking yet, but he's conscious and getting better. So, bless you. Pardon me. They are, of course, asking for prayers and to keep him in your thoughts so that he can stay on the mend. Um, And his wife, you know, they haven't caught the gunman. And uh, she said, I, about, you know, not having any leads there. I don't even care. I don't have the energy to really worry about that. Yes, I wish that person wasn't on the street. That would bring me some comfort and peace. But at the same time, the harm has already been done. Let me tell you something. (laughs) If anyone I loved and cared about got shot in the streets, well, I think someone else would be getting shot in the streets eventually, too. Yeah. (laughs) Just a a hunch I have. (laughs) little... I really dig vigilante justice, my friends. It's one of the biggest things that uh, drove me to Missouri. Well, 
some great Missouri stories about that. Yeah. Can you, how horrible. You know, someone just practicing their First Amendment right to speech. Just sharing the good news of yeah. their Lord and Savior. And it bothers you so much. Jimmy should not be able to be rustled to that level, to that extent. Seriously. If your jimmies get rustled that hard, you need to seek help. This next story is about a guy whose jimmies got a little rustled. A Toledo man. Canada man, right? He decides. Holy Toledo. He's going to drive a U-Haul to Washington, D.C. Why? I'm not exactly sure. Mm, probably is he wasn't either. An elaborate prank he had in mind. Oh, no, not for a prank. Hold on. <sighs> not a prank. Oh, <laughs> oh how naive. Not just was it like a prank. He was specifically targeting Jewish people prank in Washington, like D.C. Oh, God. Prank him like it's 1812. Mm. He drove to a synagogue with some cans of fart spray. Oh, God. But the synagogue had already been evacuated due to a bomb threat that came in earlier that day. Oh. And I kind of wonder if they knew he was coming. Not that kind of bomb. Because, huh? who? This is some kind of elaborate plan that you have to drive from Canada to D.C. Uh, yeah. to pull it off. Like, and as soon as you buy all the fart spray, you just trigger in like 90 databases right off. I bet you are correct with that statement. Anyway, he didn't give a shit about the barriers and stuff. He pulled the truck through, which makes him even more suspicious. You Yikes, know, like, oh, yeah. shit. And then he hops out, and there was a man and a woman leaving the building, and he took the cans of fart spray right up to them and sprayed the shit out of them <laughs> while saying, gas the Jews. <laughs> and the when they ran in horror, because you don't know what this stranger is spraying you with, right. you know, like if I see right. a can of spray coming at me, I'm thinking either pesticide or fucking pepper spray. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would be running too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Don't spray me with shit, asshole. He, the, he and he's filming himself doing this because it's a he's a prankster and he's got to you know <laughs> like and subscribe and get the numbers oh up I guess. Oh my god, because he thinks he's a uh, practical jokers or some shit. Exactly. Only and more so, edgy uh, with more Jew stuff. They start running in legitimate horror as he's yelling, "You're no fun." <laughs> well, there so you is know that. what happens next? <laughs> the actual people who are no fun. Show up. The police. Well, even less fun. And they arrest his ass and charge him with simple assault, a hate crime, and resisting arrest. Uh, and, you know, he incriminated himself by recording it. Yeah. Welcome to America, Canada man. I don't know how you could have thought that one out and come to any sort of conclusion other than, wow, that would not be a great move. <laughs> Look, I know it's awkward being around your Jewish friends during Christmas. Yeah. However. Right. That's not funny. Well, I don't think that it's an issue of whether it's funny or not. I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> the con Okay, no, the concept is funny, but you have to have fr your friends in on it. Like, right, yeah. You can't do it to strangers. Strangers spraying you don't anything. don't prank strangers. Strangers in outside my spraying them with anything is just, no. That's how you get shot. Exactly. Yeah. In America? Yeah. And I don't care if it's the Jews or just like, the a guy, un, the a dude. I don't care if it's the Jews, the Gentiles. There you go. That covers everyone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck that. Right. You know, just treat people with respect in public. God. And yeah. we can all get along. Like, that's the whole, 
point, supposedly, of society. Like, whoa, you can't take a joke? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not, by, not from some stranger on the streets, dog. No. Exactly. The streets are no place for humor. It's just for being, well, like, polite and respectful, I think. I think if you're doing, like, a street performance that involves if, yourself, if that people can stop and watch and enjoy or ignore. Sure, yeah. That's fine with me. Yeah. But when you encroach on somebody else's bubble or space and you're spraying them with something, and also then how the fuck do you get the smell of this fart spray off? Right. Is this going to linger? Is this, like, getting sprayed by a skunk? I've got too many questions about it. It's I think just, that... uh Simple assault makes sense, or if there's like the criminal mischief thing. I always like when criminal mischief gets hit. Yeah. Because that's a fun thing. But it's just fun to say criminal mischief. But uh, I, I don't believe in hate crimes. I don't think hate I don't crimes believe... should even exist. Well, because crimes are fueled by hate, right? All crimes, uh, like a violent uh, just, crime. The crime's the crime. Okay. So hate crime gets into subjectivity and like picking winners and losers. It just does. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What era it is or whatever, you're trying to enforce hate crime, then you're picking winners and losers and you have to make all these decisions that, like, the law is the law. Just prosecute the law. So which laws did they break? That would be nice. If we live, if the, you know, yeah, system was objective and just Mm. by the books, but there's loopholes and there's concepts coming in here and subjective humans running things. Never gonna happen. So, yeah, here we are. Yeah, well. And it's best to just, you know have a cool small group of friends that you can make jokes with fart spray and say gas the Jews and everyone laughs and it's no big deal (laughs) because it should have been no big deal and I should have been able to laugh at it yeah but instead the guy it's all about the context in which you approach the situation man you know exactly cross state lines (laughs) that's where it really went wrong not state lines, international borders. Yeah. The man fucking crossed international borders. I know. Is there no synagogue in Toledo? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Never have I been. I haven't been. But to, I've been to Toledo, Ohio, but not Toledo, Canada. Fuck, maybe I'm the retard here. Yeah, you know what? What if he was in Ohio? It wouldn't it change anything. Toledo, man. It's still bad. You crossed the lines, man. For some reason, I had, oh, yep, his last address was Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Not Toledo, sense. Ontario. But <laughs> for some reason, to me. <laughs> for some reason, I'm thinking Ontario. Well, you get brain. a bonus ball. That would have been some serious planning to cross international borders. Yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah. It's no less confusing or dumb. But still lane worthy. Yes. For sure. This next place I have been to, and that's LaGuardia Airport. Nothing can go wrong at the airport, right? That's right. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's nice carry-on bag set off the x-ray alarm. Oh. I mean the alarm. Like, oh, shit, there's danger in this bag. Wait, are there two alarms? There's, like, the alarm and then the alarm alarm? No, there's one alarm, and I've never seen it go off through all of my x-ray experiences at the oh. airport. Well, that's when you're walking through the frame of X-ray. Yeah, yeah. Or they scan you with the wand, and it goes beep boop or whatever. Burp, burp, burp. I but, think it's that second one. But this is the alarm that's on top of the conveyor belt X-ray. Right. I've seen the light there. Okay. And I've never seen it go off. I've never heard it go off. But everyone got to enjoy that. <laughs> Sounds fun. Just this past week when travel was high because of the holidays. Makes me miss flying. Oh, yeah. Places. Sure. I Do- remember when I used to fly places. Oh, man. You don't even wear shoes. 
in the bowl at least. So I don't wear much. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to worry about taking anything off. Anyway, alarm goes off and they get, open up this carry on bag and there's a diaper in it. <laughs> Fully loaded diaper. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you know what it was loaded with? Soft turds? No. Nine millimeter ammunition. Oh my god. Seventeen bullets in a diaper. How in the fuck did he think he was gonna like make that through? Well, you rightfully guessed that it was a dude, and dude said, I don't know where that came from. I don't know how a diaper ended up in my bag. Uh, and okay. then he suggested that his girlfriend put it there. Oh, uh, what a schmutz. Yeah. It's not mine. Hey, it's shut the fuck up every day, bro. It's not mine. Okay, maybe you maybe you are retarded and you can't keep your mouth shut, so you say it's not mine. Maybe that happens exactly. to you. Exactly. Okay. If you find yourself uttering the words, maybe That's it not was mine. X person, Y person, W person, shut the fuck up. <laughs> diaper in the bag. Diaper in the bag. There's a diaper in the bag. There's bullets in the diaper. There's bullets <laughs> in the diaper. <laughs> diaper in the bag yeah it's not my bag man this is that would have been better than i don't know how that diaper got there in my bag shit you know they say whose bag is this and you're supposed to just look around (laughs) and then leave the airport (laughs) i have a bag anyway i think i left the oven on yep shit i'm out of here i'm a bounce out he was cited for unlawful possession of nine millimeter ammunition because you know you can't fly with that Right. Well, you got to check shit before you wreck shit. Exactly. That's a dumb place to keep balls. Speaking of checking shit and maybe wrecking shit, Mm. Florida man wanders into a Bass Pro shop with a net. As true Florida men do. Champion. And he threw the net in the tank and successfully caught himself a 50-pound fish. Oh, man. Does it set some kind of record? That would be so fucking hilarious. I don't know, man, but this is a... The fish type is a, a tarpon, a okay. tarpon, T-A-R-P-O-N. I'm not familiar. Now let's look them up. Tarpon, but tarp 50 off. pounds, I mean, that's a big fucking fish. It looks, it this looks is like a, a tuna. Yeah, it does look like a tuna fish. It's a standard looking fish, my friends, but this one he netted up was 50 pounds. And that man was on a mission with a plan. He walked into that bass pro with that net, he got that fish, and he bounced out. And so they are... They, the authorities of Florida, are looking for him. <laughs> and the tarpon. tarpon. And the tarpon fish. And the big fish. But man, you know, honestly, I kind of hope he just fed his family with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Christmas feast. What fish? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got Me seven too. fishes. We've got a 50-pound yeah, fish sure. right here. <laughs> sure, man. Maybe he's spent enough money at Bass Pro to justify that over the years. <laughs> that would be a great Bass Pro VIP feature that so, you get to fish in their tanks, like guaranteed win. You're going <laughs> to get, get a great catch today. Just depends on who gets it first. You get like one scoop over the lifetime <laughs> membership <laughs> threshold. Just like you can take it at any time. You just bust in one day. I'm getting my scoop. Today's the day. <laughs> But you are, you're only allowed to drop the net once, and then it's like you pull it up, and there's nothing. Oh, well, shucks. That was your chance. One scoop. You just <laughs> dip it in there and wiggle it till you get something. Then fucking go. I know there are a lot of standard fish. They'll have, like, local fish on display in the tanks. 
And so every time I've gone to Bass Pro, I'm just like a lame ass tourist at an aquarium. Wow, look at that fish. He's pretty. Ooh, that's a big one. Ooh. Anyway. A man visited the Crater of Diamonds in Arkansas this week. And since it's a Lancer, you know it's good news. He found the largest diamond in three years. That's right, people. This was a 4.87 carat diamond. Hot damn. Colorless, nearly. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like the ideal diamond. Yeah, a rare uh, boy. I know the one that they found three years ago... Um was they called it the big ugly it was nine carats but it was a poop brown kind of color and yellow yellow and brown Uh, you know you facet it out though and then it's beautiful sure and you found it so already great it's all about the five c's and if it doesn't have one of them you know you gotta chuff chuff about it yeah well it's all about if you found it then it's special already i i would agree with that now the crater of diamonds has been open since the farmer that owned the land discovered there were diamonds there in 1972. And he was kind enough to say, hey, let's just make it a park and people can find diamonds. And ever since that day, there have been 75,000 diamonds discovered there. Holy. With an average of one to two getting found daily. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty damn good. I would really like to go there someday. Let's go. All right, add it on the bucket list. Now this diamond that was found by this man, he was with his girlfriend, so you know. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's pretty cool. It's like a pyramid shape and about the size of a jelly bean. So he did not know it was a diamond when he picked it up. He said he was just picking up everything, hoping it was diamonds. Because, you know, you hear about oh, they could be yellow or brown or whatever. Sure. He thought it was a piece of glass. And he went a while ago and he just had it evaluated somewhere. And they told him, hey, yeah. This is a diamond, dude. So there you go. Holy based. Holy based. A great Christmas story. Yeah, man, that's a diamond. And only that, biggest in three years. Way to go. And finally on the lanes, someone went to a fast food restaurant and got more than they paid for, which usually is a good thing. Well, yeah. But it was breakfast time, and the dude found a crack pipe in his bag. I mean... Bonus treats. If there was rock included, maybe, but it was just a dirty-ass pipe. You said it was breakfast time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hit this. I don't need breakfast no more. I'm not hungry. The best part of waking up is crack pipes in your cup. Yeah, but you know this person was the wrong person to find a crack pipe in yeah, his bag. Yeah, most he was people like, are. Oh, I he- am too, for what it's worth, but I'm not going to like... Snitch about it. All I have to say is that's what you get for buying fast food. <laughs> anyway, he waltzed You want in your there. guy making the shit, right? At uh, 9.30 in the morning? Ugh. Your guy might need a little hit off that crack pipe. You never know. <laughs> never know. Yeah, he might have been working there all night, too. Some of these places are open 24 hours. Who knows? He might have got off at KFC last night coming this morning <sighs> at this place. He's just got to pay his child support, man. Anyway. Dude walks walks in with his bag and shows him what he found, and they offered him a full refund, but he didn't take it. He refused oh, to take the refund. Come on. Which is like, oh boy, this guy's gonna be a problem. Sure enough, he reported it to the Ohio Health Authorities, who came in and found many more violations other than just some <laughs> crack pipe was put in a bag. You gotta imagine it's gonna be more than just the crack pipe. 
Yeah. Once it goes to crack pipe status, there's probably a lot more going on. Yeah. Well, this uh, fast food restaurant was forced to close, and they have until January 4th to clean their shit up. Wow. Or it's Dunskies for them. <laughs> R.I.P. F in the chat for the local fast food chain. F in the chat. Uh, oh, well. Turns out <laughs> there's more where that came from. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Do I mean the fast food chain or do I mean the crack? Ooh. Yes. That is what I mean. Oh. Well, I hope you had a jingle jangle good time in the bowl this week. A green Christmas, as it were. And uh, I hope you have a very happy new year. It will be 2024 when I speak to you again, my lovely bowlers. But even next year, you know, you can still count on me to be back on the stream Tuesday after Tuesday. Taking over right around 9 p.m. when DH Unplugged wraps up. That is Central U.S. time. And throughout it all remains Sir Spencer Wolfgang City. And I will be Dame DeLorean. And a little late, but hey, Pfeiffer, we got your package. And thank you. We'll be putting it to good use here pretty soon. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl dot com.